just a lie.
everybody, to another exciting edition of Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Drop Drexel and Vowels show. Once again this week, missing one of our hosts, talking about Drexel. He is on vacation right now, and uh, I hope he'll be back next week, and I'll give an update on that in the forums. Nothing has really changed since last week. So, is he uh, in a secret location? Well, I... I I don't know how public he's been about where he is. I know where he is, but uh, I don't want to say in case it's a secret. So, you know how I am with these things. So, I don't want to unsecret somebody's secret location. That wouldn't be very nice of me. But anyway, the two intro songs we played there, the first one was another seriously serious song. This time about a guy we've talked about a lot on this radio show. Matt Marifiati, Ad Zizzy, a song about him. So, uh pretty funny if you haven't heard it and you want to hear it, it very well done yeah you want to hear it again and actually see ti- subtitles so you can understand all the words uh, just look for it on YouTube or on my forum here I posted it on the poker for- poker fraud alert flying stupidity forum and uh, second song I played was cool it now no reason for that I just felt like playing it and uh, you know that's actually advice I did not listen to because uh, my current relationship I was with a girl six months, and I said, you know what, let's have a baby. Aww. Yeah, that's uh, that's our studio audience we have here tonight. And that was the first time you've ever said that to a girl? Oh, yeah. No, I've never told a girl that I want to have a baby with her. Like, there's been long-term relationships where we've discussed that being a possibility in the future, but there's never been actual attempts to have a child until this one. So... My first attempt, and uh, fortunately, it was successful. So, was it just because you got along so well, or because she had them childbearing hips? No, no, no. It, we, you know, it's just something I, I felt right from the start. I, I've been in enough relationships to know when something appears to have a future, and I just had a feeling within a few weeks that uh, this was going to go that way. So, it did. Anyway. Welcome, everybody, to PokerFraudAlert.com and the Druff, Drexel, and Vowels show. Tonight, only with Druff and Vowels, and uh, I'm happy at least at least to have Vowels with me tonight. Glad I'm not by myself. And barely. I barely made it. You barely made it. That's true. <laughs> and, uh, you know, people are complaining we started at 7.05. Hey, that's early for us. That is. Usually at 7.15 I start. Yeah. <laughs> I beat it by 10 minutes. Anyway, uh, let me give you an agenda for tonight. Uh, of course, we have the free roll once again. And the free roll is for a funny prize pool, 6667. Now, I wish I could say it's for $6,667. I guess I can say that, but it's not true. It's $66.67, the prize pool. That was because we had a $50 prize pool, and I kept resisting adding to it because I wanted to hold off money for next week, just in case we didn't have any money for next week. And uh, Pooh who sent me 1667 last week, kind of as a joke, because he said he wanted me to talk about uh, uh, that whole Bandito story last week for two hours. And I talked for, actually I think he said three hours, and we talked for one hour. So he sent me a third of $50. He promised me 50 bucks if I talked for three hours about that topic. <laughs> so I sent so, so, so yeah, after the hour was over, I said, okay, you owe me 1667 and he sent me 1667 So uh, uh, that's been put in... kind of growing on me. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> that is part of tonight's prize pool. He wanted it to go towards tonight. I would have preferred it got held over for another week, but you know what? It's his choice, and uh, I appreciate every dollar given to us for these free rolls. And uh, 
I always tell anyone who donates money, you can dictate the way it's used. You can tell me when to use it. You can tell me who can win it and who can't win it. You can make up whatever rule you want for what happens to that money, because it's your money. And I don't want to tell you how to use your money. So, Pooh wanted to use tonight, and I appreciate the 1667 he sent, so it will be used tonight. So, we have a 6667 free roll tonight. Also, I want to thank Action, Rollo Tomasi, and Willie McFML for donating the remainder of the money. 15 from Willie, 25 from Rollo, and $10 from Action. All very generous. Thank you, guys, in addition to the 1667 from Pooh. And uh, got $50 from C-Money that we're holding over till next week. So thank you again to him. We just, uh, I felt like I don't want to blow our whole load in one week. I I like spreading it out. So uh, here's the prize pool, or the prize of the payout structure, shall I say. First place, $40. Second place, $20. Third place, $6.67. And this takes place on the No Fraud Online Poker Room. You can go register right now. It takes place at 7.40 p.m. That's 25 minutes from right now. Uh, The No Fraud Online Poker Room is located on PokerFraudAlert.com. If you just scroll to near the top, you'll find it on the uh, top menu bar. It says No Fraud Online Poker. Totally free. doesn't even cost you any play chips to to play on there. The only thing is you need to have had a registered account on Poker Fraud Alert as of May 21st if you want to qualify for the free roll money. You can still play in the tournament, no matter what, but if you want the free roll money, which you'll have to send me a message after you win to collect the money, and I'll send it to, I'll send it to you whatever way you want. I'll send it to you cash, I'll send it to you on PayPal, which is actually preferred, send it to you on Hero, whatever. But uh, to qualify for the free roll, you have to have been a member, registered member on the site since May 21st. If not... You can always send me an email to dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com, exactly as it sounds, dandruff, all one word, at pokerfraudalert.com, or PM me here, and tell me what you like about this show, previous episodes you've heard, or another show I might have been on, on another website prior to this one. So tell me what you remember about these shows, and what you liked best, and if you can convince me that you've been around for a little bit, I will make an exception for you and let you qualify for all free rolls in the future. Uh, one other restriction. The last 1667 here has to be claimed. You cannot roll it towards the next week. So that's $1.67 worth of third place. That's $5 worth of second place. And uh, $10 worth of first place. Those you have to keep. You can't roll those into next week. Pooh does not want to see his money recycled. He's an anti-recycling kind of guy. He's, he's the guy who takes his Coke cans and throws them in the trash. So, right into the trash. Yeah, yeah. so right in the garbage. So. <laughs> now, is Jay Searles uh, eligible to play in this free roll? Um, I don't remember if he's been eligible I, I never, all this time. I couldn't keep track of what was going I, on. I've lost that. track, too. I, I guess he's eligible tonight. We'll uh, got to figure this out for the future. I, I think we already figured it out, but I forgot. There's so many so many restrictions and, and, and different things <laughs> I have to put on these things that I just forget. Okay, if, so... Uh, Bukowski can tell us. I'm sure he yeah. does. So we have a... Uh, $10 contest tonight if Ken Scaler calls in, just like last week. It's called What Does Ken Scaler Think? And uh, it's a game where two contestants play at the same time. One wins, one loses. So definitely the $10 gets given away, provided he calls in. And uh, we ask five questions, and whoever gets closer to what... 
they think his answer will be. Not necessarily the right answer, but what they think he will say will win each of the five questions, and whoever wins three or more questions wins. So I'm not going to go through a long explanation about this game. I've explained it in previous weeks, and he may or may not call in, so if he calls, we'll play. If not, we'll table that till next week. Here's the agenda tonight. And by the way, go register right now for the poker tournament if you want to play, because there's no late registration. The software does not let you register late. So once it starts at 7.40 Pacific, it starts and you can't get in. You have to wait till next week. So go register right now. Here's the agenda tonight. Bringing Down the House author Ben Mesrick is writing a book, another book. This is a popular author. The Sounds movie, like a Jewish guy. Yeah. The, the movie 21, if you saw that, was uh, based on one of his books. I did see that. Yeah. He's writing a book about the AP scandal. Absolute poker scandal. And you say, oh, cool. That would be a cool book to buy, except one little problem. He's <laughs> going to put the cheaters in a positive light? He's got the heroes in the wrong place. Right. The, the heroes are going to be people like Scott Tom, who stole our money. So this is someone who either doesn't understand what happened, or just doesn't want to understand, and thinks that it makes a better story if these guys weren't cheaters. So we'll talk about that. You know the WPT, it's the WPT magazine from the main WPT website, so like it really is very affiliated with the WPT. Uh, apparently they're not paying their writers, or at least one of their writers, they're just jerking around. And this is not a writer who's owed something like 100000 This is a matter of 2000 where they jerked a guy around for eight months to not pay him. And he finally had enough and went public with it. So we may even have him on the show next week. This week he can't make it, but I'll still talk about his plight this week and how the WPT magazine is just screwing this guy for $2,000. Do we have the real name of Zero Sum 79? I have his first name. Uh, okay. And I actually have the full names of the guys who are screwing him, which is more important. That seems fair. Yes. Uh, Golden Nugget in Atlantic City. This is a big story in and out of poker. They forgot to shuffle their cards in a game. And a bunch of Chinese players noticed that there was a very distinct pattern in what was being dealt. They upped their bets tremendously and took the casino for $1.5 million, winning what I hear was 41 straight hands. Well, that's not the whole story. The whole story is that the Golden Nugget now says that this is cheating, and they're suing them. They're actually suing the people who noticed that they forgot to shuffle their cards. Unbelievable. We'll talk about that. Howard Letterer, very happy guy. He's said to be partying in Vegas over the Full Tilt Poker sale to poker stars. He, he's literally said to have had a party at his house in Vegas. His, his big, beautiful, like, he's got a huge house. I, I don't know how many square feet it is, but it's gigantic. Is uh, that right? Yeah, uh, but he's having a party there because he feels that the sale of Full Tilt to poker stars, and because he had to have a share of cooperation in it, because he was on the board of directors. Since he cooperated in having the sale being made and getting the players paid back, which will happen soon, that now the DOJ is probably going to lay, lay off. So this does not happen. But uh, the chat room can let me know if we're back in good shape. And if we are, if everything sounds good, we will continue the discussion. This is really a fail. It's even worse because uh, people in the in the podcast have to hear all this too. They, they they it's bad enough for the people following it live, but to actually hear this recorded, 
is even worse. So, okay, let me continue here. I don't think we're going to have any more cutouts. That's just my guess. So, um, continue with our agenda. I don't know where we started cutting out, but whatever. Um, we were just discussing, uh, we were about to discuss lock poker, uh, continuing to display the e-Cocra banner. Right, right. So before we get to that, yeah, just, just finishing off, uh, Howard Letterer is said to be very happy and is trying to rebuild his image. We'll talk about that. Lock Poker continues to display the e-Cogra banner. And the, what the hell does that stand for? It's, uh, it's some kind of pseudo-watchdog organization that's uh, that was started by 888.com. And they're, they're so incompetent, this is the same company, not company, but the same organization that looked into that complaint of uh, someone from 888.com last week. And, uh, you know, they were accused of receiving chip dumping. And then Ecogra looked into it and said, yes, we agree with them. Such and such person was dumping chips to you, except they got the wrong person. <laughs> so that's the same lovely organization, Ecogra, which is basically useless. But regardless, Lock Poker displays an Ecogra banner despite not having certification anymore. And they haven't had it since they moved off the Merge Network. Because basically, the Merge Network, which Locke was part of until June 1st, that whole network was certified by eCogra as uh, you know, having a fair shuffle, blah, blah, blah. Well, when Locke got up and left the Merge Network on June 1st, they were not eCogra certified anymore because they weren't on the network. And they continued, continued to leave up the banner, which you could say, okay, maybe that's an oversight. But when someone brought it to their attention... The person was getting stalled, and the person was getting angry emails. And in fact, one of the representatives of Locke uh, went off on him today about, quote, harassing their customer service reps. I mean, the, the guy's just saying, hey, take this crap down. They're, they're not certifying you anymore. Stop saying that. So they should be very gracious about it. Say, oh, thanks for telling us. We'll get it down immediately. Not, not yell at the guy for telling them. Sounds like your customer service experience earlier this week. Yeah. <laughs> um... Here's something uh, that may have a major implication for online poker, or it may mean nothing. I think it's going to be one way or the other. A busted New York City underground card room operator got his case dismissed against him. Now, what's the big deal about that? He got busted running an underground poker room. He was found guilty, and then on appeals to a federal court... The conviction was thrown out. What's the big deal? The big deal is, the reason it was thrown out is because poker is not gambling, according to this federal judge. Oh, really? So, that's something that uh, the PPA, the Professional Poker Players Association, has been crowing about for years and years and years about why poker should be legalized, or online poker should be legalized in the U.S. And finally, some a ruling has come down from the federal level from one judge, that poker isn't gambling. So I'll explain that, and I'll explain what I think this will affect in the future regarding online poker. Now, this had nothing to do with online poker, the uh, the bust there. It had to do with a brick-and-mortar underground poker room in New York. But obviously, it has online poker implications about whether poker is gambling or not. This wasn't a federal judge. This was a local New York judge? No, no, this is a federal judge. He went to a federal oh, yeah. appeals because it was a federal case. 
So, uh, and we will have the Ask Vowel segment, and we will give a little bit of an update on the Templar and his scamming situation and the plan to refund people. And anything else that we feel like discussing. And uh, if you want to call in tonight, 775-FRAUD55, 775-372-8355. Make sure to show your caller ID. Vowels, what is your Ask Vowel segment about tonight? Um, because I am not alone this evening, I'm not going to be discussing anything of a sexual nature. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we will answer some questions that were posed in the Ask Vowels thread, and we'll take your calls. You know, uh, I this will happen to me in not too long of a time, that uh, yes. I'll have a child that can understand when I discuss... Uh, matters like that. Uh, right now, the, the big thing I worry about with him really seeing, not hearing, is like violence on TV. Whenever the TV's on and he's around and a violent scene comes on, uh, I either pause it before it can come or I, I close his eyes, like I cover his eyes so he can't see. And he gets really upset, too. He, he hates having his eyes covered when he's trying to watch something on TV, even if it's like a show I'm watching. But, uh, like, that's what I worry about right now. Because I, I know, like, anything sexual or any, like, sexual dialogue he won't understand. Like, I wouldn't want him watching, like, sex scenes or anything. But, but for the most part, he just doesn't understand. But, but violence, I, I think at this age, he already could. So, um, but I, yeah, I, know I, I agree with you. I, I didn't have any media like that available when my daughter was your, your son's age. I, I think uh, I still... And she's 13. I, I keep a pretty heavy hand on that. Uh, 13. Well, I, I don't know. She may uh, she may know more she than knows. you think at this point. She knows more yeah. than I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think of all the stuff I, I knew about and watched and all that back in the 80s when I was 13. And, uh, you know, I think the kids well, today I, even know, know even more than back in the mid-80s. They do. And she's been on the Internet quite a bit over the summer. And now she knows more about memes and what's going on, you know, in Internet lower than I do. I can't yeah. I can't teach her anything anymore. So, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. <laughs> anyway, just once again people, uh, 9 minutes of the free roll if you want to get over there, uh, you should do so. Apologies again for the uh, fail at the beginning. I, I don't think we'll be having any more cutouts though even when I have to switch locations, so apologies for that. But uh, let's move on to our first topic. And that is about bringing down the house author Ben Mesrick writing a book about the AP scandal and putting the cheaters in a good light. Uh, when I first heard about this, I wasn't sure if it was a joke. Because uh, Ben Mesrick, yeah, he's, he's a fiction writer. He, he's not a, a historian. But uh, still... And this is clearly going to be a work of fiction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But still, he, he likes to base his stories on real events. He likes to at least get somewhat close to the truth even if he dramatizes it to be more interesting for the reader. Uh, this is more than dramatization. This is completely changing the story. Uh, this is what he said. Uh, somebody asked him, what's the focus of his new project? Uh, he actually wrote both uh, Busting Vegas, the MIT whiz kid who brought the casinos to their knees, and that was turned into 21. And The Accidental Billionaires, The Founding of Facebook, A Tale of Sex, Money, Genius, and Betrayal. And uh, that became The Social Network. So this is a guy who really was behind influential works based upon uh, real events that were turned into uh, movies that were supposed to be about real events but were fictionalized a little bit. Anyway, this is what he said. 
I'm working on a big new book for next summer. That's about 2013. About a bunch of college kids who launched the online poker world out of a dorm room, essentially. They're brilliant kids who built an empire in a way, and now they're being persecuted and hiding in Antigua because they did something to me that was very American. It's an intersection of 21 in the social network. So it's very American to rip people off. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess it is. I mean, I guess there's, <laughs> been, the, I guess there's been thieves in America since, uh, you know, even before America was uh, separated from the British. But, uh, but listen, either he doesn't understand what happened there, or he just feels that a story of uh, them starting a poker site and stealing from people doesn't make as interesting of a story, which I, I think it would make an interesting story, but uh, it's hard to believe, because it's not like it's hard to find out about this stuff. You just Google absolute poker and it all comes up. You know, the 60 Minutes episode where I appeared, um, all the 2 plus 2 posts about it, all the posts everywhere else, the news stories everywhere else, I mean, the, the Washington Post article. It does not take very much research to find out what happened at Absolute Poker in 2007 when they looked at the whole cards of their own players and went on accounts and, and played them. Heads up, ring games, whatever, in tournaments. Called them with 10 high, no pair, no draw, against 9 high, all in. Just directly stole from their own players looking at their whole cards. You know, maybe uh, he's going to take a lot of flack about this. Well, yeah, he is, and on 2 Plus 2, there's already a thread where a lot of people are angry about this, and supposedly, he is reading the thread, because someone emailed him, and he said, okay, well, I'm willing to listen to the other side of the story, and I'm like, what other side of the story? Well, he's still writing it, so there's a chance he can retwist it. Yeah, now, some people are theorizing that maybe he's actually on the payroll of the AP guys, and that maybe they hired him to write this story. And maybe that's why he's heard one side. Maybe they approached him and said, hey, we want to tell you a story that's about the type of thing you'd like to write about. And to listen again to the description, and I'll tell you what direction he's probably going to take the story. That is, unless he changes something. I'm working on a big new book for next summer about a bunch of college kids who launched the online poker world out of a dorm room, essentially. They're brilliant kids who built an empire in a way, and now they're being persecuted, hiding in Antigua, because they did something that, to me that was very American. So what he's trying to say here is that they said, hey, there's no online poker. People like playing poker, but there's no online poker. Let's start online poker, which isn't true. That's not what Absolute Poker did. They came later. They came way into the game. You know, the party poker existed. Planet poker existed before that. Paradise poker existed uh, even Poker Stars existed before Absolute Poker. They were just one of many players in the game. And they did start from pretty much nothing, but they got seed money from their rich parents, most notably Phil Tom, Scott Tom's father, who actually sat next to this this year of the World Series. And I'll tell you, by the way, Phil Tom, you would never know that he's Scott Tom's father. This guy comes off the nicest, most soft-spoken guy. Like, I had heard he was arrogant and a jerk and all that, and, like, I was ready to really, like, give it back to him. And you would? Yeah, and then, yeah, and then well, this guy was like... What going to do? I, well, like, if he was a jerk to me, I was going to be a jerk back to him. I was all ready for it. And then, like, that I sat down... That a good story. And then the guy was, like... He was, like, really soft-spoken and really nice to everyone at the table, and, like, not what I pictured at all. Not that it excuses anything that he 
may have had involvement in. There was no proof that Phil Tom ever did any of the cheating, but there were some suspicions of it. Uh, but he was the one who I heard primarily funded the initial uh, Absolute Poker, or at least I had a, a big hand in funding it for his son, Scott. And uh, But anyway, getting back to this, uh, they did start it pretty much out of nowhere. They were frat boys from Montana. And, uh, you know, I'm talking about Scott Tom and Oscar Hill Tatum and uh, A.J. Green and uh, Brent Beckley, who was just uh, convicted recently, not of the cheating, but of uh, you know, payment processing matters. But uh, I think the story is going to be about that they pretty much invented online poker, which, of course, is false. They built a big empire, and then the government came after them just because online poker was technically illegal. So kind of like the Poker Stars story, even though Poker Stars didn't really invent online poker either, but at least they became the biggest site, and at least there's no known cheating to have gone on on Poker Stars. It's believed that Poker Stars was honest, but uh, they got in trouble because they were offering online poker, and it was against the law to offer online poker for real money, or more specifically to process real money transactions to get money in and out of the site. So this is like, these guys started online poker didn't do anything wrong, and the government went after them just because online poker was technically illegal, so now they have to hide out from the government. They're just going to jump straight to Black Friday and ignore all the cheating that went on in between. Right. That's what it looks right. like. And, yeah. uh, and so, I don't know if this guy is just completely ignorant, or if these guys had him on the payroll, or what. It, it's so weird. And here's something even weirder. I'm going to read you a post from 2 Plus 2. This is absolutely crazy. Listen to this. This is a post on 2 Plus 2. I'm going to have you guess the date of this post. I've said for three years Ben Mesrick's book on the online poker scandal won't be written for at least ten more years. It might be sooner, but instead of a bunch of MIT guys, it's the boys from Montana SAE Phi Alpha. So basically he's saying that uh, this guy who made this post on 2 Plus 2 said that Ben Mesrick is going to write a book about... The boys from Montana, frat boys from Montana starting an online poker room. And that's going to be the focus of the book. When do you think that was written? I mean, I don't know, more than a year ago? October 20th, 2007. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Someone, I mean, I don't know if this guy is a psychic or uh, if he has some inside information or just like a really lucky guess that happened to end up being correct. This was Style XX from. 2 plus 2, never really heard of him before. only has like about 200 posts on there. And, and the thread's actually closed. <laughs> they, they, they closed it as being garbage five years ago. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, amazing. Well, you know, to our listeners, if you want to make uh, your voice uh-huh. known... Uh-oh. Sorry, my dogs are... Oh, I, I thought maybe my sound cards took a crap. I was like, no. oh, no, not again. <laughs> not again. With the puppies. Um, you can go to Ben's uh, Twitter and uh, tweet to him and let him know that uh, he's got the story wrong. Oh, that's a good he's idea. At, what, what is his Twitter? Ben Mesrick. It's at Ben, M-E-Z-R-I-C-H. Okay. So, yeah, definitely as many people as possible should let this guy know that what he's doing is a slap in the face to the poker community. I don't care if he's writing fiction. If you want to write fiction, just make it a completely fictional story that has no resemblance 
to the AP guys. Don't make the protagonist Montana frat boys who start up an online poker room. That's, that's too similar to what really happened. And if you omit the part that's most important, and that is them cheating people, them stealing money from online poker players, stealing millions of dollars from them, stealing tens of millions if you include the uh, UB scandal, you can't just gloss over that and pretend it didn't exist and jump to Black Friday, as you said. So, uh, I contacted Ben Mesrick. I, I think he probably won't appear on this show or maybe even won't respond to me. Uh, you know, obviously, he's a very high-profile individual, and uh, I'm probably one of many people that want to talk to him. But, uh, you know, took a shot in the dark. Take maybe the one-outer that he'll appear on this show. Uh, actually, uh, on CalvinAir.com, you know, the founder of Bodog, he, uh, he doesn't write all these articles himself, but he has a website, CalvinAYRE.com, where there's a bunch of blogs there. Very interesting blogs, actually. I actually like that site. Most of them are not written by Calvin, and it's misleading, because you see CalvinAir.com slash whatever, and you think he wrote it, but he only writes, I'd say, about, you know, 5% of the blogs up there. But, uh, there is a blog about this on there that you can take a look at, and I have a link to it on the Scam, Scandals, and Shadiness forum here. So, uh, Eleven Grover, who's going to be releasing soon a documentary about the whole UB scandal, and I'm going to be part of that documentary, he wrote a, a comical description of what he thinks will be the... Uh, the plot, and this wasn't totally serious, but this is what he wrote. Rich college graduates band together and create the online poker boom. Gumball rallies, giant parties, American beauty money shots as they dodge early challenges from low-rent mobster thugs, private jet crashes, that's referring to the fact that the AP guys uh, actually were in a plane crash, but all survived. Uh, crazy b- biker mohawk hosting companies and jurisdictional hazard. In between, everyone flies off to Paris for a lovely wedding. But the villainous U.S. government is lurking with processor seizures, forcing golf ball transactions, and co-opting entire banks to evade transaction coding. And it says, need a Larry Fishburne type here, too. Black Friday arrives, freezing up all deposits and leaving our heroes with no choice but to lamb it in places with palm trees and weak tax, treat- weak tax treaties. It's got action, young guys chasing supermodel tail, and anti-authoritarian, live-free-or-live, Jimmy Buffett style with what they escape with. Movie, er, screenplay, er, New York Times bestseller monetizing vehicle closes with all four savings, uh, saving Central America with charitable work and hands-on giving back to the world. Players, whole card cheating, investor defrauding, and the real amount socked away in a Panamanian safety deposit box company barely figure in. It's all collateral damage in Uncle Sam's vicious war on two college kids with matching BMWs. So, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's something like this. I, I would not be surprised. It, it, sounds, he, it sounds kind of close, I think. Yeah, so I, I hope he doesn't write this. That'll really just be a slap in the face to everyone who got ripped off, and I, hopefully he'll come to his senses. And then the movie will star Bradley Cooper, so... Probably. So... <laughs> Um, I, I see the guy that Truth is in here, and uh, he's the one who brought the Ecogra story about Locke to us. And uh, if he wants, he can call in later. He told me he wouldn't be available tonight, but I see he's in our chat. But we'll talk about that a little bit later, about the Ecogra Locke situation, which is, I'll tell you, is not the biggest scandal in the world, but it's still worth mentioning. Uh, Locke has actually been guilty of a lot more than leaving up an Ecogra banner, but Locke just has this amazing 
trail of fail behind them. Whatever they do, they just fail, they, they do things shady, they, uh, they just don't handle anything right. It's kind of like a, a combination of incompetence and shadiness going on there. And it, it bothers me. Like, I, I want Locke to get their act together, because they're a fairly big site, but, you know, by American standards at this point. But I'd love to see them get their act together and, and be a good player in the U.S. market, but it just seems like one fail after another with them, and some of these, they can definitely help and just make worse. That's the thing, like, these things happen, and they just make them worse. So, anyway, uh, can you hear me okay, by the way? I can, um, and if anybody in the chat room wants to uh, let us know how the sound is, any yeah. better than before? I'm just, I'm just checking up. Everything sounds good. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, moving on, I think we've talked enough about Ben Mesrick, and I'll give any updates in future weeks if he changes his mind. Yeah, and if anybody does uh, give him a good tweet, uh, let us know on the boards. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep track of uh, the how riled up everybody gets. That'll so, um. The World Poker Tour, you have to give them credit for being part of what started the poker boom. There were really two factors that got the whole poker boom started. You know, there were, For those of you that made a lot of money around 2004, 2005, 2006, remember those really good games on party poker and elsewhere where just everyone sucked? Games you don't right. ever see anymore? Like the reason back there, in the day. Yeah, the reason poker was easy back then, well... That was because of the World Poker Tour, and it was because of Chris Moneymaker. And um, they have a magazine. I apologize for the pause. I have a bit of a cold here. I was almost about to sneeze. <laughs> but uh, um, they have a magazine called the WPT Magazine. The website is WPTMag.com, and you'll see they have World Poker, to- World Poker Tour branding all over it. And re- they appear to be a separate company that's licensed by the World Poker Tour. I don't have a confirmation on that, but from what I've observed, that's what it appears to be. But there is a link on the WPT site that goes to the WPT magazine. So it's it's not just like a completely independent body that operates totally separately from the WPT. I mean, it may operate separately, but it's it's affiliated. It's right there on the WPT website that you can get to it. So it's a magazine. It's, a, it's an actual real magazine you can buy and subscribe to. A guy who calls himself Zero Sum 79, his real name is Greg, is owed about $2,000 for writing eight months' worth of articles for the WBT magazine, and they didn't pay him. And when I say they didn't pay him, it wasn't that he kept writing and didn't bother to ask for the money and they just forgot to send him the check. He kept asking them, where the hell's my money, and they stalled and stalled and stalled, and eight months passed, and the funny thing is he's still writing articles... (laughs) <laughs> and they're still stalling him and not paying him. So it's not even like he wrote eight articles a long time ago and now they're not paying him, which would still be terrible. He's writing ongoing articles for the magazine and they're just refusing to pay him. With okay, excuse. so what, what is the excuse that they're giving as to why they're not paying? Well, um, the usual, like we're having processing problems. I'll read some of the stupid letters he got from them. Uh, so he's written seven articles over a period of eight months dating back to December 2011. They haven't paid him a dime for these articles. They had agreed, and he has it in writing, to pay him 200 British pounds per article, which is about uh, $285 each at the current exchange rate. So they owe him, you know, seven times that number is about $2,000. They haven't paid him, so in May, and this is already after he'd been bugging them to be paid for a while, but I'm just skipping ahead to May here of this year. He wrote them another email. 
He'd already written five articles. He should have been paid $285 or so each. He hadn't been paid a dime. He said he's dealing with a guy named John Young. He wrote, John, just curious if there was a delay in this payment. I got the impression that it would be happening soon, but that was about two months ago. Do you have any insight, or is it possible that something got messed up with the transfer? So this is what John, John Young wrote back to him. Hi, Greg. Here, I'll do it in the English voice. I believe this John Young guy is English. Hi, Greg. I've just been on holiday, but uh, we'll be back in the office tomorrow, so I'll check and see. I do know that a new badge of payment is imminent, but not sure which, the, which issue the accounts department are up to. Regards, John. I do know that a new batch of payments is imminent, but not sure which issue the accounts department are up to. <laughs> so he's trying to say here, this John Young, after poor Greg, a.k.a. Zero Sum 79, has been waiting months and months to be paid, and now owed, like, you know, at this point was owed, like, 1400 bucks. Which issue that could go back quite a ways. <laughs> he's saying that the accounts department is, like, behind, so he's not sure if they're up to paying him yet. That they're, It's almost like they owe... 50 people money and they're doing like one every two weeks so we're not sure if we're up to you yet it's, it's ridiculous so th- that's what they said to him well are there other people who as well haven't been paid or is it just this guy I have a feeling there's a lot of people but I haven't heard from them I, I don't know if there are or aren't but uh, usually where there's smoke there's fire with these sort of things uh, okay. then in June he wrote to both John Davis and another guy named Daniel Smythe that he'd been dealing with there and uh, he wrote to both of them and put, hey, John and Daniel, this is a month later, June, just curious if you've been able to track down what's going on with the payment situation and when you need the next article by. So this guy's nice enough to say, hey, you haven't paid me, but I'm still going to write for you. I have a new topic related to the bubble and equity that I'm writing about, which I think is an addition to what is understood about the current bubble play theory. It will probably last one to two articles. So he's kind of trying to entice them to pay him by saying, hey, I've got some good content for you. By the way, can you please pay me? So here's what, they, what Daniel Smythe wrote back to him. Hi, Greg. I spoke to John today, and he's been told a batch of payments will be processed in the next couple of days. I mean, this reminds me of a shady online poker site. <laughs> Wait, you, you, you lost your accent. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dan, Daniel Smythe. Hi, Greg. I spoke to John today, and he's uh, told a batch of payments will be processed in the next couple of days. You should then get a lump of money coming through. I'll get to John to update you further as there's more of his domain, and I'll get in touch with it as well. If you're able to get another article to me ASAP, that'd be great. The end of this week and the start of next week would be really helpful. More stuff on bubble theory would be really good, so I look forward to that. Let me know if that's okay. Tally ho, pip pip, and let's get on with the bloody article I'm not going to pay you for. Jolly good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dan. So, so, um, so yeah, he's he's giving him the green light to write yet another another article, but is still giving these dumb excuses about. Dumb excuses about batches of payments. What is this about batches of payments? Just pay the guy his money. I mean, this—he's acting like this is a, a giant clearinghouse with a kind of uh, you know bureaucracy that they can't just cut a check immediately. They have to go through all these channels and a batch of payments. Blah blah blah. No, that's not true. You're a small magazine. You owe someone money. Get out your checkbook and pay him. So it's obviously stalling. They obviously didn't have the money. So then, uh, some more time passed. Didn't get paid. We're now in August. He's been writing since December. Has not been paid a dime, despite being on them, asking where's my money. So he wrote to them last week, any update on these PDFs? 
and uh, he said he was giving uh, he was being given uh, scanned copies of the articles they were publishing, and then I guess they weren't uh, continuing to do that either. Uh, also, I'm not sure where we are with another article, but it's been since January that I've been writing articles that were supposed to be paid with no payment. Could you could use an update so that we can figure out how to move forward? So what was the response? Was it Daniel saying, uh, oh, jolly good, jolly good, I'm, um, yeah, we're processing the batch of payment, should be there any day, any day. Or was it John saying, uh, oh, bollocks, it's supposed to be going to you, I don't know what happened, um, I'm going to be um, looking up, I should be um, traveling across the pond rather shortly. Or did they just say nothing? The answer is they said nothing. They just ignored it. So he wrote another email, and they ignored that too. So th- then they said, screw it, we're not going to tell him a batch of payments, we're just going to ignore the guy, hope he goes away. So then he finally took his situation to 2 plus 2 and posted the whole email exchange. Suddenly, they're willing to process his payment. But... 2 plus 2 has that power? Well, because it's a large site. Nothing thanks to Mason Malmuth, but just because it's a large site and a lot of people read it. And uh, it shamed them into uh, you know, everyone seeing what was going on. As I always like to say, scammers love secrets. And so they were trying to jerk this guy around and not pay him for his work. And they were hoping he'd just keep his mouth shut and they could keep jerking him around. Once, once it gets brought public, they've got to do something about it. However, instead of apologizing, instead of trying to make everything good, this is what John Young posted in the thread. He actually posted in that thread, like an idiot. The only thing you ever post in that thread at that point is, wow, we screwed up, we're so sorry. This is what he wrote. First of all, I'd just like to say that I do not think it's appropriate... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. First of all, I'd like to say that I do not think it's appropriate to discuss commercial matters between two parties in an agreement, nor post private and confidential emails between those parties in a public domain such as 2 plus 2. The matters discussed here will be handled privately, as it is normal with any standard business transaction. However, to put all your minds at rest... I can confirm we've contacted Greg Jones, I guess that's his name, Greg Jones, about the outstanding monies. So can you believe this? And then he goes on to write uh, um, a bunch of other crap. They've contacted him suddenly, they've contacted him. Yeah, and then he writes a bunch of other crap, uh, excuses and other BS. Can you imagine, after they string this guy along for eight months, they actually come on 2 plus 2, where the guy only went on to post because they were ignoring him and not paying him for eight months? that they actually go and say that it's not appropriate to discuss commercial matters between two parties, and they shouldn't post private correspondences? Well, if he didn't post the private correspondences, he still wouldn't be paid. This wouldn't be making any progress. They'd still be throwing his emails in the trash. Unbelievable. So, uh, I don't know what these people are thinking. Can you imagine coming out to 2 plus 2 and posting that after you're, you're cheating the poor guy out of $2,000? $2,000! This is a, a magazine affiliated with the World Poker Tour. And they can't come up with $2,000 to pay this guy over eight months. I mean, you, you could make that many times over working at McDonald's for, for eight months. Maybe John Young should go get a job at the Golden Arches in, in London. <laughs> I mean, what, what the hell? I mean, $2,000, and then the guy has the nerve to publicly call out Greg Jones, the, the, the author who got screwed here, for bringing it public. Well, of course he brings it public. You're cheating him. I can't believe he kept writing for them for that many months. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I have a feeling he wrote for them for that many months because he was hoping that would entice them to pay him more if he's continuing to do good work where if he said F you I'm not working for you guys anymore oh by the way pay me then they probably wouldn't want to 
Not that I would have handled it the same way, but I can kind of understand where the guy's coming from. Now, as of today, has he been paid? Well, that's the interesting part here. Well, one of many interesting parts of this story. This is a post from Zero Sum 79 from today. I just I won't, sing, I won't read this in an English accent because I don't know if this guy's English or not. I just received word from John by email that the invoices are currently processing. <laughs> <laughs> the invoices are currently processing. Yeah, I want to hear from our studio audience. Uh, what do you guys think about uh, the audience? Or sorry, about the invoices currently processing. <laughs> That's what they think. Uh, yeah, no, the, the invoices are processing. I mean, this is this is a very uh, bureaucratic process they have going on there. First, the batch payments, and then the invoices are processing. But uh, he has sent me a promise that it will be paid in the entirety for the work which I produced. He also sent what I consider to be a sufficient apology about dropping the ball on getting me the information that would have helped set my expectations for the payment timeline to a more realistic level. What realistic level? Like once every eight months? We'll pay you next year. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for not telling you. We actually meant to pay you um, every ten years. And um, <laughs> we, we did forget to mention that, but um, had we told you that, it would have been more realistic to you, and uh, we apologize for not um, getting that information over to you in a timely fashion. I mean, what the hell? A realistic level? There's no contract, because if there was a contract, then I don't think it would have gone on this long. Yeah, it was one of those email things. If they emailed the guy, hey, we'll pay you 200 pounds per article, I mean, I would have done the same thing as far as writing for them. If they if uh, they offered, hey, Todd, would you like to write an article for us every month or whatever for 285 bucks? They'd say, sure, I'll write it for 285 bucks. And, you know, I, I'm not sure what I would have done if they were stalling me. I, I don't think I would have written seven articles for them, but I think I would have... Uh, I, I would have been having to balance, like whether I think they're really going to pay me, and I would have had to think, hey, there's a WBT magazine. They've got to pay me at some point, and so maybe I don't want to piss them off. Like, it, it, I could see where it's this weird, delicate balance the guy had going on there. So uh, I have a feeling that Zero Sum 79, he didn't tell me this, but I have a feeling that he was being nice about this in his last post, about how he, he considered it to be sufficient apology. And that he's still holding on and praying that he gets something. Right, right. That uh, that the information would have helped him set his expectations properly. I think he's trying to be polite here. So otherwise, if he comes forward saying, "Yeah, they're going to pay me finally," those fucking assholes, boy, these these cheapskates were trying to cheat me. Like if he'd put that, I think he would have uh, figured that he wouldn't have actually been paid. So I think he's trying to be polite here. I, I look forward to what he actually says once they pay him and once it clears his bank. But uh, unbelievable, and I, anyone who subscribes to the WPT magazine, please cancel your subscription, because you shouldn't patronize crooks like this. That's what these guys are, crooks. And they're not only crooks, but they're crooks, and then they slap you in the face after they steal from you. Because, you know, it's, not, it's one thing to try to stall the guy, to not pay him for eight months, for a matter of $2,000. But then, to go on 2 plus 2 and trash him, unbelievable. So... Nobody should patronize that magazine. And in fact, I, I encourage anyone to write to the, the World Poker Tour. I'm going to take this one step further, just as we did uh, with the last story. Uh, go on to at WPT Poker Mag. Very and good. Let them have it. Yeah, very good. And that's just WT Poker Mag, but uh, WPT itself. Like, I want the WPT to know what a shady operation 
is operating their magazine. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they yeah. Maybe they're outsourcing this to some other guys. Yeah, I think this is some sort of outsourcing. But I think maybe if the WPT knew how the magazine is embarrassing their brand, that they'll kick them to the curb, or maybe even hire someone else to run the magazine. Uh, but definitely, these guys uh, should not be running the magazine, and these guys should not have any affiliation with the WPT. Well, so. I think we should flood their Twitter page with a lot of complaints and let them know what we think. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that, that's just awful. And I, I always feel bad for the little people in poker who get screwed, like like those writers who got screwed by the Epic Poker League, uh, the other employees of the Epic Poker League. There's a lot right. of working class people in the poker community who, who, who do a lot of work, a lot of behind-the-scenes work. I mean, you think of poker, you think of the, the famous players, the people who make all the money, you think even of the big-name commentators like Norman Chad, but there's a lot of people behind the scenes whose names you would have never heard of that do a lot of work to bring the whole poker community together, to produce a lot of good media, to, to basically keep everything running smoothly. And when these people get screwed, these people who count on this stuff for their livelihood, and, and greedy companies screw them, and greedy individuals screw them. And it's not just greedy, it's, it's people who are criminals. Because that's, I mean, it, you say you're going to pay someone, and, and then you, you just string them along to keep working for you, to write seven articles for you, and you don't pay him. That's like stealing. That is stealing. And to be shamed publicly... Yeah, agreed. To have to pay, I mean, that, that's ridiculous. You shouldn't have to be shamed publicly to pay your employees. So I, I hate when I hear these stories of the little people in poker getting screwed by companies or individuals. So um, that, that's why I, I always call out things like this when I read about them. Uh, let me uh, move on to the next topic. And uh, I'll, I'll hopefully we'll get on Zero Sum 79 next week. He did say that uh, he has some interest in coming on this show. I've been in contact with him. He is unavailable tonight. And I hope by next week that we have a happier ending. So even if he does get a happier ending, I'm still not going to change my opinion, because they will have only paid because they got shamed. Moving on. The Golden Nugget in Atlantic City. And by the way, if anyone wants to call in, I'll be happy to take a break here from these uh, discussion topics. Phone number 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. And make sure to show your caller ID. You can do that by dialing star 82 before dialing the number. If you don't, it'll probably come up as like a busy signal. So uh, love to take calls from anyone uh, about these topics or uh, most other things you'd like to talk about. I will say that I, I really don't want to talk about forum drama or stuff like that on this show. But uh, if you want to talk about another topic that I haven't discussed or the topics we discussed or whatever, just uh, feel free to call in. So, uh, in the meantime, I'm going to move on to the Golden Nuggets story. It's, uh, this is another thing I hate. I just said I hate when the little people in poker get screwed. I also hate when casinos screw their customers. Casinos hate it when you have an edge on them. They absolutely hate it. You see all this advertising, come here and win, this place is for winners, win this, win that. It's all BS. It's all complete BS. Casinos want you to lose. They expect you to lose. They know that mathematically the odds are so much in their favor that you are going to lose. Occasionally you'll win, but if you come enough times, and when I say enough, I don't mean a hundred. I mean if you just come a few times, you're almost sure to lose. 
unless you win some gigantic jackpot or something, which makes it just about impossible to lose it all back. But except for those few people, most people just lose in casinos. And they hate it when you turn the tables on them, even if you're not cheating. That's why they hate card counters. Even though card counters are not cheating, they're just uh, watching the cards and making intelligent decisions based upon the cards they see. And they hate anyone who happens to notice something that would give them an edge. And I don't mean bringing devices in to cheat, or bringing in people to cheat, or, or doing things that are against the law. I'm talking about just, you notice something the casino is doing that's stupid, that gives you an edge, and you take it. And nobody should ever get in trouble for that. No one should ever get sued for that. If the casino is stupid and accidentally does something that allows you to make money gambling, then tough luck. Just like if you make a dumb play, the casino doesn't give you money back. You know, let's say you you get really drunk and you get dealt a 20 and you hit it in blackjack, trying to make 21. That's a moron play. But if you do that and come back later and say, oh man, I was drunk. Why didn't you tell me that's a terrible play? Or why didn't you stop me? They'll say, tough luck. It's you can't you. sue for your money back. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's up to you. You know, you're They're, they provided the alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's up to you. It's up to you to play your best game when you go play these uh, games at the casino, and uh, it's up to them to provide a game that's in their favor and to not make a mistake that swings it into your favor. And if they make a mistake that swings it into your favor, and it wasn't an inside job or something to try to you know to do that, it wasn't no criminal action, then. You've won. Then it's their fault. Then they have to eat it. Well, the Golden Nugget in Atlantic City does not think so. Here's a story that just gets me angry to read. A group of 14 people were huddled around a mini Baccarat table in Atlantic City's Golden Nugget Casino in August, that's this year, when something strange started to happen. The same sequence of cards was dealt twice, then a third time, then a fourth, and so on. I mean, how does the dealer not notice this? But <laughs> I mean, that, that dealer must have really just been on drugs or something. But anyway, gamblers aren't dumb, even though the dealer is. They upped their bets from the minimum $10 and kept upping it as the same card sequence kept coming and coming. Here's the funniest part. By the end, after 41 consecutive hands, <laughs> how does that happen? <laughs> the gamblers were up a total of $1.5 million. And com- casino security was convinced they were witnessing a heist. So security sitting here watching this. They can't believe it. They're seeing these and they, people. They're watching, and they don't notice that there's no shuffling going on. Well, I, th- I, think, well I think what's happening is that they're watching this and seeing it, and they go, okay, this has got to be an inside job. Okay, like they're, 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 they're just, I think they were kind of waiting. This is my opinion. I don't know if this is true. But I think maybe they were waiting to see if they could get proof. They, they had already determined at some point they weren't going to pay them. And... Uh, that uh, they, they want to see how far they're going to take it and who they can bust for this. The winners were questioned. In one Brooklyn man's case, he was woken up in the middle of the night, physically restrained by security, and held in his room without food or water for eight hours while his belongings were searched. I, I don't understand how that even happened. Like, uh, If they saw this in security, how, how did they not approach him right away? Why did they let him go back to his room? But whatever. Uh, if they thought they were cheating. They found nothing and had to let him go. The casino shortly found out what had happened, and it was much less sinister, if even more unbelievable. They had recently purchased a shipment of playing cards from a Missouri manufacturer who was supposed to send the cards thoroughly shuffled, so they bought pre-shuffled cards. The shipment was defective, the cards were completely unshuffled, and the Golden Nugget had put them into play without checking them. Now that's bad enough, but how do you do that 41 times? 
Well, that's what I don't understand. <laughs> don't you shuffle between every hand? Well, this is Baccarat, which uh, is different, well, different. But, but but still, 41 times. How, how can they deal the same <laughs> hand 41 times and not notice there's a big problem? Um, <laughs> and But I, I don't get it. The dealer doesn't notice, and the guys watching don't notice. Yeah, I, I don't get this. <laughs> the, the Golden Nugget is suing the card manufacturer naturally. Now, that I can understand. But then they're also suing the gamblers, claiming they shouldn't have to pay out their winnings. And uh, then the lawyer representing the gambler said this. The Golden Nugget appealed the gamblers to come in and play games licensed and sanctioned by the state of New Jersey. My clients did exactly that and then were denied their winnings. There's absolutely no law in New Jersey that would permit the Golden Nugget to declare the game illegal because it failed to provide shuffled cards. So they got unshuffled cards. They didn't notice. They stupidly dealt them 41 times. These guys won a ton of money because the casino was stupid and didn't notice, and the players did. And now they're refusing to pay them. So um, I guess what uh, I was hearing, it's not in this article, but uh, what I was hearing was that I think the casinos, ca- I think the players cashed some of it, like 500-something thousand worth, but uh, almost a million was left uncashed in chips, and now the casino won't honor that cash out. Uh, but whatever it is, they're suing them. And I really hope they don't win. But there's a countersuit, too, isn't there? Because isn't one of the uh, victims, if you will, in this case, saying that it was a discriminatory issue? Yes, yes. There's a there's an accusation that this is being done to them because they are Chinese. All the people who did this were Chinese. Did this when I say I, these were the, the players were Chinese. And some of them don't even speak English. So uh, there's claims that uh, they were being taken advantage of and intimidated because they were uh, foreigners. And uh, the Golden Nugget denies that. Now, I I think that's probably not true. I think that uh, they probably would have done this to anyone. Chinese, black, white, Indian, whatever. I think they would have done this to anyone. Oh, definitely. But, uh, but I mean, in this case, if you can come up with a, a winning countersuit, you got to do it. Oh yeah, yeah. And in fact, they shouldn't have been harassed. That guy who was held for eight hours without water or drink, or, you know, water or uh, food or whatever, woken up in the middle of the night. I mean, these are that guy could have real damages because they should not harass you like this. They should for not eight detain hours, you. They like didn't this. even give him a cup of water. Yeah, yeah. They should not detain you like this when you've done nothing wrong. They should not. Uh, make it so difficult to cash out when you've done nothing wrong. They, they should definitely be hit with punitive damages here. And that's what I would rule for. I mean, this is just... and I, I don't understand what's going on here with New Jersey gaming control. Because let me tell you my experience the last time I played in Atlantic City. Atlantic City has an unusual situation for blackjack. Now, this was uh, not blackjack. This was actually Baccarat. Totally different game. But in blackjack, they can't bar you from Atlantic City casinos for counting cards. There was a ruling about that back in the 80s. So what they try to do is that they, they do various things to try to make it to where the game isn't a winning game for card counters once they catch one. So they'll start only dealing like three of the six decks before reshuffling, stuff like that, if they catch a card counter. They can't kick the card counter out, but they'll do things like that, and they'll restrict the card counter to one hand. So you can't play two or three hands at once. So I tried this. I I gambled in Atlantic City. I am a card counter. And they did those things to me. They didn't try to kick me out. They definitely knew what I was doing, but they couldn't kick me out by law. But the the reason I'm bringing this up is that they actually had, on the premises, 24 hours a day, a New Jersey gaming control agent. So if I had any problem, 
If they had tried to kick me out, or they tried to do anything inappropriate to me, I could have said, bring the gaming control agent right here. Right now, bring him here. And unlike in Vegas, where they have to have them come over from somewhere, this guy's right in the casino. He has an office right in the casino, so they have to immediately get him and bring him over, and then he will take over the situation. So there I felt especially safe counting cards there, because not only did I know the law was on my side to do so, but I knew that if they tried to harass me in any way, that I could immediately call for the gaming uh, control officer. Now, I can understand how these Chinese people probably didn't know this, but... uh, uh, still, I, I don't know why they didn't tell Gaming Control when they noticed this. Why didn't Golden Nugget go to the Gaming Control guy on premises and say, hey, come over here and I, I want a ruling from you about it. So I, I don't know what they had to say about it. I, I'm not even understanding what Gaming Control's opinion of this is. And that's kind of a weird omission in the story. And uh, for, from what I'm reading, yeah, about uh, almost a million dollars in chips were not cashed. And uh, over a half million dollar chips were cashed, but there's still about a million dollars in chips that, you know, that are sitting on cash, and they won't cash them. So, uh, unbelievable story here, and there is some suspicion, though I think it's probably not true. There's some suspicion that it was an inside job. That uh, That's what I'm wondering, is could it have been, maybe they really were cheaters, and they were conspiring with the dealer, and he was purposely not shuffling. Well, here's the problem. Could that happen? It could, but here's the problem, and that is the dealer could not have gotten 41 decks that were unshuffled. The dealer had nothing to do with that part of it. So the dealer would have had to notice this happening, and then after the fact made some kind of deal with the players to cut him in on this. Otherwise, he doesn't gain from it. So, and of course, he, if he were to be doing that, he'd be risking years in jail for pulling such a thing if he got caught. So, I I don't think the guy's guilty. I, I just don't think the guy's guilty. I think that the guy is guilty. Is he of under being, suspicion? Yes, but I, but I don't think... When I say under suspicion, they're looking into it, but that's not the prevailing belief at the moment. And I don't think that will end up being the case. It just doesn't make much sense. And I think this guy is guilty of being an idiot... <laughs> That's clear. <laughs> but he's not... I think he's... Uh, I don't think he's guilty of conspiring to do this. I don't think he even knew the people playing beyond you know, maybe seeing them in the casino before. So I, I have a feeling that uh, this is legitimate and that the players noticed the dealer was just kind of out of it. And uh, 41 times is pretty crazy. But uh, maybe the dealer just felt, oh, oh my God, look at the luck. Like, Or maybe he just felt, you just keep dealing no matter what comes out. That the, that's just the way it is. Like Maybe the dealer just wasn't smart enough to think that this really can't happen 41 times in a row. So, uh, Do you think that the players were talking to each other in Chinese and discussing what was going on, but the dealer couldn't understand? I, I don't know who the dealer was. Maybe he could speak Chinese. They, a lot of times they have Asian people dealing those games because they're very popular with Asians. I I, I don't know. I'm sure they were discussing it in Chinese. I'm sure they all discussed with each other what was going on. But yeah, they have a right to. There's nothing against the rules to discuss with other players what's happening. And you don't, unlike poker, you don't have to speak in English because the opponent's the casino, not the uh, um, you know not the other players. So right. I was going to ask you about that. It's it, there's no English only at the table rule. Yeah, and and uh, you know Bukowski just said in chat. No way the dealer doesn't notice 41 hands. And I, I have to agree. Exactly. I mean, come on. You'd have to be a complete idiot. 
I, I think maybe he noticed it, but he just didn't do anything. People do strange things sometimes. People just do things that defy explanation. And I think, I think that's what happened here. I think that's just someone who noticed it happening and just didn't know what to do or chose not to do anything for a strange reason. But I, I just don't believe that this was some sort of conspiracy. But I guess we'll find out. They're, they're closely investigating this one. And unless it turns out this was some sort of cheating conspiracy, the Golden Nugget should never be filing a lawsuit about this. And I, I hope it blows up in their face again, unless it was cheating, in which case, fine. If it's cheating, now, then... Can't the players, while they're waiting for this to be resolved, can't they sell those chips off to other gamblers and get their money and get out? Well, they could, but... Uh, one, you have to find people to take them, and two, they're large chips, and the casinos really scrutinize the large chips when you turn them in, even the $5,000 chips. And uh, if you can't if you can't explain where you got it, they give you a really hard time and sometimes can refuse to cash them. And uh, That's a whole different discussion for a whole different time, but it, it's very tough to get others to cash large chips for you, which is why that guy who stole all those... Uh, chips from the Bellagio a while back had trouble getting rid of them. And uh, they they had a feeling that would happen. Even though he got away with a lot of uh, $25,000 chips, they had a feeling it would be tough for him to get rid of them. And I even run into this, and I, I don't steal chips, obviously, but when I play poker at Bellagio, for example, and someone wants to give me a $5,000 chip, like someone says, hey, can I buy two racks of $25 chips, which are 2500 each, can I buy two of those off you and give you this $5,000 chip? I say no. Not that I don't want to help the person out get chips quicker, but I don't like the $5,000 and up chips there because they always give me a hard time when I try to cash them in. They give me the third degree like I'm a criminal. So I, I refuse to take any chips above 1000 I found it at, at the Bellagio, you take chips that are 1000 or less, they don't ask any questions when you go to cash them out, provided you don't do too many at once. But uh, if you do 5000 or more, then they treat you like, a total criminal, and, and I, I don't want to deal with it. And this has nothing to do with like dodging taxes or filling out forms, nothing like that. This is about, I don't want to be hassled by Bellagio, where do you get this, when I got it totally legitimately. And I don't want to even give a slight chance that they could confiscate it, because they don't believe I got it legitimately. So, so uh, and someone just said in chat, and I'm not very familiar with Atlantic City, because I'm not from the East Coast, I've only been there a few times, but uh, Good Poop is saying in the chat, Atlantic City doesn't like 1K chips in action, let alone 5K chips. And that's true, too. Atlantic City is not Vegas, and uh, big chips are less commonly held there as they are in Vegas. So, uh, anyway. Um, you know, as far as these Chinese people who raise their bets and beat the casino, good. I, I don't even fault them for this. Because the casino, no, the, the casino is there to beat you. The casino, it's not like you're playing an even odds game. It's not like when you sit down and play poker against someone, and aside from the rake, if you have an identical skill set to the guy next to you, your chances of beating each other are even. You know, forgetting about position at the table or whatever, but, you know, it's a fair game. Every game in a casino is not a fair game. It's stacked against you. The odds are against you big time. So if the casino makes a mistake in your favor, even if you know it's a stupid mistake or you know they didn't mean to make it or, or uh, you know, through some sort of uh, glitch, fine. Go ahead. I mean, it's uh, just like it's up to you to take care of yourself to gamble wisely. It's the casino's responsibility to also gamble wisely against you. 
So if you can beat them, if they're dumb enough not to shuffle their cards, beat them for all you can. That's that's what uh, that's what the game's all about. You're you're playing to beat each other. I mean, you know, if you're playing a guy in poker and he's playing horribly, are are you uh, are you going to play him easier? No, you're you're going to take his money. You might play him a little bit easier so he doesn't uh, get frustrated and leave, but that's the only reason. You wouldn't uh, you wouldn't play him easier just because he's a bad player. You're there to beat him. He's there to beat you. Same with you well, in the casino. Jeff, once again, I'm going to encourage our listeners to go on Twitter to at Golden Nugget AC and let them have it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're going to hide behind, oh, we think there might be some criminal activity here, but it, they can't hide behind that forever. Eventually, they're going to have to admit that uh, there wasn't, and then they're going to look really bad. And yeah, uh, that's, a, that's an awful story. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Howard Lederer. Won't spend too long on this one, but uh, Howard Lederer is said to be partying in Las Vegas because the Full Tilt Poker Sale to Poker Stars is pretty much a done deal. And you mean uh, my girl wants to party all the time in the background for this story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish I had that loaded already. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Howard Letterer, he just uh, he just never knows when to quit. You know, you you think that uh, you think he'd lay really really low, but he's not. And in fact, he's already ready to rebuild his image. Here, here's an article that was written by uh, Wendine Eolis. I think that's how you pronounce her name. She's a longtime uh, poker media person, and uh, she wrote this for PokerPlayerNewspaper.com. Uh, this is about the indictments. Howard Lederer, on the other hand, is not indicted. This is, you know, as opposed to Ray Batar. He is said to be in Las Vegas, most recently partying at his house with friends after full tilt poker settlements with the DOJ. According to lawyers familiar with the DOJ seizures, Lederer's resources have been little touched by the government in the FTP matters. So it looks like they haven't even taken much of what Lederer owns, which is frustrating. Uh, the smart money around the U.S. courthouse in New York is betting big that Letterers, Fergusons, and First, and we're talking about Ray First, another uh, big full tilt owner and board member, current worries with the government in this matter are probably limited to the DOJ's efforts to impose substantial financial penalties to settle individual civil charges against them. That's basically saying that the DOJ may try to go after some additional money from them, but that's it, not, not criminal. These same commentators express confidence that Letterer, Ferguson, and First will avoid more serious consequences from these matters. Uh, in discussing FTP's woes of the past year, many of Letterer's friends and former associates emphasized that Batar handled day-to-day management matters as the ship was going down. Letterer announced some years ago that he had given up day-to-day FTP management duties, but reportedly returned to an active role during the company's darkest days these past few months, purportedly to help steer the company towards a deal that will see the players reunited with their funds. So, I mean, let me stop right there and criticize that paragraph. This paragraph is so full of fail, and I, I want to explain why. Uh, first of all, Howard Letterer may have given up day-to-day operations, but that doesn't mean that he didn't know what was going on. Day-to-day operation means he doesn't find out every day what's going on. He doesn't make every little decision. That doesn't mean he doesn't know about the decision. That doesn't mean he doesn't have a big-picture idea of what's happening at Full Tilt. It just means he's not micromanaging Ray Batar as to every decision he makes. There's no chance that Howard Letterer did not know that player funds were being spent. 
He knew very well what was going on there. And even if Ray Bittar was the one executing it, Howard Lederer was behind it. When I say behind it, I mean he agreed with it. And Howard Lederer was very knowledgeable of it. So it was. this is worded very carefully, that he gave up day-to-day operations. And he took back day-to-day operations to steer it back towards a deal. So I can already see where this is going. Blame it on Ray Bittar. Say, hey, I, I gave this to Ray Bittar to handle it. He messed it up. But then, once it all got messed up, I came back in, and I helped make a deal to sell the poker star so you guys would get your money. So I gave it to someone else to manage. They screwed up. I came in and cleaned up his mess. I'm a great guy. That's, that's what they're trying to say here, that Howard Litterer did, and it's all a bunch of crap. And the, the article goes on to say this. Meanwhile, Litterer's allies complain that he's been effectively and unfairly ostracized from the poker world. Oh, Poor guy. The poor guy. I feel so sorry for him. Yeah. He, he only made, you know, tens of millions of dollars from full tilt of everybody else's money and, uh, you know, got away without criminal charges and so far very little of his assets seized. It's a, boy, he, he really had it tough. Uh, unfairly ostracized, too. And they seek to help him rehabilitate his image. They demand anonymity in this article, but they are becoming increasingly vocal on this effort. So they're so embarrassed to uh, take up for Howard that they don't, they don't even want to say who they are yet. <laughs> like, well, I think they're trying to claim that because he had an outstanding loan to FTP that he was innocent. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And I, I can already see that they're going to say he was the one who got the deal done to get all your money back. So, you know, right. what's the problem? Letterer's friends note that he was the one player with an outstanding loan to Full Tilt Poker who made a substantial repayment without any prodding and prior to the embarrassing revelations of uncollectible player debt by Group Tapey during the company's discussions of a possible deal to acquire Full Tilt Poker's assets. Nobody, however, suggests that Letterer offered up any of his distributions to go back to FTP customers to pay re- repay their losses. Which is true. I mean, it's not like, is Howard offering to sell his expensive house and give up his expensive assets to pay back the players who got cheated? Of course not. Uh, this is a joke. This is uh, a lot of uh, PR maneuvering. And uh, he knew what was going on. He gambled with money that wasn't his. He gambled with a FTP player's money, lost it, and is now covering up. He, he stole everyone's money. He and Ray Batar, Chris Ferguson... And Ray first. They, they stole your money. And uh, the only reason you're going to get your money back is not because they're paying you back. It's because PokerStars is. Jeff, it seems like this would be a good time to do an interview with Daniel Negreanu. You know, I, I think it would. Uh, the reason I have not uh, contacted Daniel Negreanu to be on the show, and I think he probably would. I, I told a story on the show uh, about a month ago about uh, my encounters with him at the World Series, which were, uh, were, were positive. You know, he, uh, he came up to me and kept talking to me. It's not like I was some fanboy who was going up to him trying to make conversation because he's a, a huge name in poker. He kept coming up to me and making conversation with me. Uh, he knows very well who I am. Uh, he knows about my anti-UB advocacy. He knows I don't like Annie Duke, just like he doesn't like Annie Duke. Uh, uh, I think he's gotten over the stuff we did on uh, the previous site regarding uh, him and Amanda Leatherman. The reason I think he's gotten over it is because my former partner had an interview with him, too. Uh, the reason I haven't contacted him yet is I, I didn't want to make it look like that another show has him on that's very closely associated with this show. And then suddenly we're jumping to get him on. Right, right. I don't want to make it look like I'm copying, because I don't want to copy. And the, the only reason I haven't asked him is because he had refused to go on our previous show, and, and it said it was because of the Amanda Leatherman thing, and uh, I assumed he still felt that way. And 
I sometimes had a hard time reconciling that because he'd be very nice to me in person. And in fact, as I said, sometimes just come up to me and talk to me out of nowhere. Uh, never more so than this year at the World Series. So uh, Daniel Negrana seems to have no problem with me. I'm not saying we're best buddies, but I, he seems to have no problem with me, enough to where he starts conversations with me at the World Series. So I bet we can have him on, and I'm going to look into that, and I'm going to start just firing letters out on Facebook and elsewhere to people in poker that I, I have made acquaintance with over the years. I've been in poker now for, uh, for more than 10 years, and I've, I've gotten to know a lot of people, a lot of people who are fairly big names, too. And while they're not my close friends, uh, a lot of them are on pretty good terms with me. And, you know, say hello whenever they see me. People, I think, would come on the show. So I'm, I'm going to start making more effort to do that. There's, there's no reason we shouldn't have any guests here. And uh, anyway, uh, but, yeah, that, that's a good suggestion. I just think he'd have a lot to say about this letter or partying situation. Yeah. Someone said, what about Phil Gordon? I don't know if they're asking about being on, on the show here. I don't know Phil Gordon. I don't think he could pick me out of a lineup. So, I I mean, it's possible I could ask him to come on, and not knowing me, he might say yes, but this is not someone who dislikes me or likes me, to my knowledge. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, of like the really big-name players, and it's not like Phil Gordon's really a big-name, a really, really big-name player. He just got well-known because of uh, uh, his connections. But uh, there's some who know me really well, really well meaning that they... Uh, they're aware of the stuff I've been involved with. They, they know... Like, Danny Negron is someone who I wouldn't say knows me well, like, personally, but knows very well about me and instantly recognizes me and, and can tell you things about me. Uh, there's other guys, I think, like Phil Ivey, who, who couldn't pick me out of a lineup. And, and there's guys kind of in between, like Phil Helmuth, who, who kind of know me, but don't really pay that much attention. So, but anyway, I'm going to start trying to get some more people on the show. And uh, I, I think... Yeah, like big names in poker are always interesting, just because everyone wants to know what they're up to. And uh, you know, I don't want to just have random people on here who win an online tournament. That's boring. But anyone who I think would be interesting for the audience, I'll try to get on here. And that, that's something coming soon for this show. But uh, anyway, I hope Howard never gets forgiveness. He's never going to get forgiveness from me. And I hope people don't forgive him when they get their money back. I, I hope they don't just decide that their money has returned to them. So now it's time to forgive and forget. And I'm, I'm, I'm really starting to worry that that might happen, that people are so results-oriented in poker sometimes that all they care about is, was the money stolen from me returned? Yes? Okay, I don't care who gave it back to me. I forgive the guy who stole it from me. I, I hope that doesn't happen, but uh, remains to be seen. 775-372-8355, 775-FRAUD55. Star 82 before calling in if you have anything you'd like to talk about other than forum drama. And uh, let me uh, let me move on to our next topic in the meantime. No forum drama allowed? Well, I, I really don't want to. Maybe at the end of the show. But uh, a lot of people listen to this who don't follow the forum at all. I, I do want to touch on one thing. This isn't really forum drama, but uh, about Brandon. I'm going to mention quickly again. Uh, right now it's up in the air with his future on this show. Uh, it has not been decided that he's leaving the show. It has not been decided that he's staying on the show. Uh, he's still deciding. He, he was unhappy with some things that occurred on the forum. We're not going to rehash it. But uh, he's kind of on the fence at the moment. I personally think he'll be back. But I'm not going to promise that or say that it's highly likely. 
because it's still up in the air, and I'm going to still talk to him right now. He is on vacation. That's not an excuse. He's uh, he's not in Las Vegas right now, and he's on vacation with his girlfriend. And when he gets back, I'm not going to hassle him with this on his vacation. But when he gets back, I, I'll have another talk with him and ask, uh, you know, do you want to come back? And of course, I think just about everybody wants him back. He's uh, an important factor to this show, and everybody enjoys hearing him on the radio. And, uh, you know, if he comes back, I'll be thrilled to have him back. If he doesn't, then we'll start to look at uh, what we're going to do for the show. You know, get another third host or stick with two hosts or what we're going to do. But uh, I don't want to start discussing that yet because as far as I'm concerned, this is still the Druff, Drexel, and Val show. And uh, Drexel just hasn't been here for the last two weeks. So next week we will see. And if he's not back, then we'll start talking about the future of what to do. So... I just wanted to quickly get that out. Uh, moving I just on to hope he comes back. Yeah, I do too, definitely. Moving on to the next topic. Uh, lock poker. I mean, just one problem after another there. I, if you want to see a report I wrote about them, and this report was written about their time on the Merge Network, so it's not all relevant to today, but it, it shows the character of the company. Uh, I wrote a long uh, report about them. I think I wrote it back in March, but it's in the Scam Scandals and Shadiness form. It's actually a sticky thread there. You can read all about the shady things they've done. And I'm not going to rehash those. More recently, they've had customer service and payment processor issues and way beyond what other poker rooms are having. I mean, no poker room is paying out great at this time, but they're pretty bad and, and customer service-wise have been horrendous. And cake poker is worse you know, they're on the same network. Cake Poker is, uh, is worse payment-wise. But uh, I'll say Lock Poker has been very unimpressive since uh, they went over to buy that Revolution Gaming Network, which was the Cake Network. So uh, what I'm going to do here before I start that, I'm going to be moving secret locations uh, within the secret location. So I, I hope it doesn't cut... I do have my backup connection here, so uh, here we go. I'm pulling the wire. You ready? I'm ready. You're ready. Okay. And a one. And a th- hey, make sure you have your phone with you, too. No, we're, we're, we're reconnected. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. I'm going to have to find a solution here. I, I was sure that I had this. You know, one week we didn't have any fail. I think it was last week. And uh, we just might as well just do a little small talk here until it comes back. Everyone's saying back now, so... Sorry, everybody, for that. Uh, I still have to find a solution of what to do. I'm, I'm going to have to try some experiments, because uh, what happens here is... I have to move where I do the show from one part to another because uh, of a baby. of a baby that goes to sleep. And uh, first, uh, when the baby's awake, I, I stay away from where he is awake. And then when he goes to sleep, uh, I have to move so I don't wake him up while I'm doing the rest of the show. And uh, I am in the process of actually putting together a radio studio where I won't have to move. But until that's done, right now that studio has a bad echo problem. Until that studio's done, I have to come up with a solution. I thought I had one with like hardwiring, hard- hard like a backup internet connection. But this time when I pulled the plug, it didn't work. I, I, th- I think I have an idea how to fix it, though. I think I know what I did wrong this time. 
And do you remember to bring your phone with you into the yes, new secret room? Okay. Yes, yes. Yeah, last time I forgot to bring the phone and I missed Ken Scaler's call. <laughs> well, that's so, the phone call because you have your phone. Yeah. Now, uh, people are complaining that the show hasn't had much humor in it, and that's true. Uh, we will try to make a prank call tonight. And I'm sorry, I'm not funny enough tonight. Well, I haven't been either, apparently. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I've been discussing the last few weeks some serious topics, and it's it's hard to do comedy during these topics when they're you know you're talking about something that's of a serious nature. Well, that's why you need that one third host who just interjects something funny, even in the midst of a serious conversation. Yeah, yeah, we we do, and that, that's definitely missing right now. And uh, you know. <laughs> we will try to make a a prank call to at least lighten the mood. I've just been told, Dolls, you're never funny, honey. <laughs> well, thank you. So we are getting requests to call the Golden Nugget. And I actually, we will call the Golden Nugget. Now, I'm going to warn you, we've tried to make these type of calls before. And they often end up in failure because when something ends up in the news, they tend to get a lot of prank calls or even if not prank calls, a lot of people just inquiring about what's going on, so they're very on guard about what they say. The best prank calls occur when you get you catch somebody off guard, and... And they stay on the phone with you. Yeah, they stay on the phone, and they say a lot of things they will, will probably regret they said later. But when someone's very on guard that they're being watched closely, which is what happens whenever anything ends up in the news, um, then the prank call doesn't tend to be that good. Like, some of you might remember on a previous show, there was this hotel named the Carter that got in the news as the worst hotel in the United States. So we tried to prank call them, and the call lasted like 10 seconds, and they hung up on us, because they must get pranked all the time. But we'll try. We'll try? We're going to call the Carter? (laughs) (laughs) No, um, we will try to call the Golden Nugget in Atlantic City a little bit later. Uh, if you're noticing my voice is uh, fading a little bit, it's because I'm doing this show a little bit under the weather. I have caught a cold, and even though I feel okay for the most part, um, a little bit congested. So I didn't notice. Oh, good. But I'm sorry you're not feeling well. Good. That's what I was hoping to hear. So even if we have technical fail, at least my voice sounds okay. All right, so I've moved to the new location. Let me talk about Lock Poker. Lock Poker, uh, the newest thing they've done, well, this is not a super serious matter, but it's, it's worth talking about. And one guy has been pressing it pretty aggressively, a guy who posts on our site as The Truth. And uh, he... Post under a different name on 2 Plus 2, but uh, forgetting what his name is on 2 Plus 2. But anyway, they have up the Ecogra banner on their site. I don't, I'm not sure if it's still there. I guess you can check. I'm going to go right now. I'm going to go to lockpoker.com as we do this show. Do research during the show. That's always a good model for success. <laughs> so let's see here. Lockpoker. Maybe Ecoker is gone. I don't see it. Maybe they finally removed it. Well, um, according to what the truth posted in chat earlier, they did finally remove oh, it. Okay, so he successfully got Ecoker remo- removed. But uh, let me tell you about Ecoker. 
eCogra was founded by 88.com. And uh, I'll, I'll read to you what they claim to be. eCogra is a London-based, internationally accredited testing agency and player protection and standards organization that provides an international framework for best operational practice requirements. Now, then they have a bunch of crap after that. But putting that aside, what they're trying to say is that they're like a regulatory body for online gaming. So when eCogra gives you their stamp of approval, then supposedly your shuffle is random, supposedly your business is sound, and, and basically they're a body you can complain to if you get screwed by one of these online casinos. And they claim to be a testing agency, so they, they test the shuffle or whatever. So, they also have these little banners you can have up there. eCogra Safe and Fair, eCogra Certified Software, eCogra Percentage Payout Report, eCogra Randomness Reviews, eCogra Affiliate Trust, and eCogra Certified Live Dealer? I don't even know what that is. Anyway, you get these little banners. They're like Boy Scout merit badges that you get to put on your site if they run one of these tests for you and you pass. So this is what Lock Poker had on their website. Now it's not there anymore, but they just removed it. Uh, it said on their main page, card shuffling reviewed by independent auditors and percentage payout reviewed by independent auditors. And then they point to the eCogra seal. So they have the eCogra seal for the randomness report regarding their shuffle. And it says, uh, you know, eCogra randomness report. And it says for merge poker which they're not part of anymore, and eCogra payout report, which uh, shows that they what they pay out for their uh, games, uh, all games 98.44%, table games 98.57%, and poker games 94.45%. The reason poker is not 100 is because of the rake. So uh, that was also certified by eCogra for merge, not for Locke specifically, but for the merge network, which Locke used to be part of until June 1st. Well, the problem is they're not part of the Merge Network anymore. Locke moved to the Kate Network, in fact, bought it, renamed it Revolution Gaming, and now eCogra has nothing to do with them. So, one guy who was having issues with the Locke software decided to test this, and he emailed eCogra, and eCogra wrote back, Thank you for making us aware of this. As Locke Poker is no longer on the Merge Network, they should not be displaying the eCogra certificates. So, uh, they aren't using, they shouldn't be using those seals anymore. So, first of all, it's just a stupid thing. Like, how can you leave this on your website after you move? Yeah, but they, you, they probably had Lithuanians uh, taking care of that stuff for them. You know, I think even the Lithuanians would have gotten it down by now. <laughs> I, I think, I think Dadis would have done better. I don't know. <laughs> but, but anyway, so the guy writes to lock support. And Lock Support writes back to him, Thank you for your email. I'm afraid the web pages below are outdated since our move, but should be updated soon. And and then also wrote a second email. Thank you for your email. I understand the concerns, but the site is going through an overhaul, hence the delay, but should be updated in the near future. So then more time passes, and, and they still don't do it. So he writes back again, and they say back, 
Thank you for your email. Again, our whole site is currently being reviewed and updated. It would not surprise me if this page is if this is the only page out of date. I'm afraid this can be time consuming and it's not an immediate process. What? And how long does it take to take down a banner? <laughs> uh, time consuming. Two seconds. Yeah, I, I guess if you consider two minutes uh, time consuming. I mean, <laughs> are you kidding me? It's time consuming to take down a banner. Hmm. So. The thing that's obnoxious <coughs> about this is that these are banners that are assuring safety. These are banners that when people sign up for lock poker, they'll see that eCogra gave them a seal of approval for randomness, gave them a seal of approval for their payout report. That is what they say. And they'll say, oh, good. eCogra, who seems like a pretty legitimate organization, I don't think they are, but you know, putting that aside, um, they, they seem like they're a legitimate regulatory body. They've given well, us... They, they, they give you the illusion that uh, yeah. there's legitimacy to the yeah. site. I mean, I'm sure eCogra really runs some tests, but the fact that 888.com had to do with founding them and then eCogra works with them is a huge conflict of interest. And we just saw eCogra last week handle something completely incompetently. But putting that all aside, these are still important certificates to have up there that a third-party company has verified that your shuffle's random, and then they haven't. And, and months have gone by, and this company has not evaluated your current shuffle, and you're still claiming they have, and someone brings your attention to it, and you can't spend two minutes to take down those damn banners? I mean, that's just complete incompetence, and it's a complete slap in the face to the players. And I, I have to think that while I believe this was an oversight on Locks Poker's part, I don't think they were trying to pretend to be ECOGRA certified when they're not. I think, on the other hand, they said, hey, this isn't a priority. You know, wh Why take these down? It only helps us to have them up there. So we'll put that as, like, 100th priority of stuff we have to do. I'm surprised they didn't refuse to see the uh, screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Lock Poker uh, still wasn't removing it. The guy brought it up on, on uh, 2 plus 2. First, the Lock rep on 2 plus 2 deleted the thread about it because the guy brought it up in the Lock Poker forum on 2 plus 2 where they Lock Poker can delete any thread they want. They actually deleted the thread first, and the guy reposted the thread, then reposted the thread over here on Poker Fraud Alert where there's no way I would delete the thread. And uh, then this guy Shane who works at Lock Poker. Now, uh, there's two guys who kind of uh, talk to the public on Lock Poker. One of them is named Shane. The other one is uh, Eric Risen Lynch. Now, uh, both of them are, like, kind of yes-men for lock poker, which is kind of disappointing to me for Eric Lynch because he, he's someone who's known to have a lot of integrity. And I, I've, it, it seems like he makes too many excuses for lock poker. But uh, putting that aside, I'll say at least that Eric Lynch comes off as a professional nice guy. Like, like he doesn't say anything inappropriate. He doesn't insult you. He doesn't come off as a douche. Like you, you deal with Eric Lynch, and you say, "Oh, you know, he, he's a cool guy. I like him." Like that's uh, regardless of the content of his messages, at least he's professional. Shane is not professional. Shane is Shane is always acting like an asshole. Shane attacks people. So this is what Shane wrote in response to all this. Um, <laughs> first of all, he talked about why they removed the Ikrokra banner finally. 
one, it was removed because of your continual abuse of our support staff this week. Oh no, sorry, he was talking <laughs> about the he was talking about the thread, not the Ecogra banner. I'm sorry, I don't I don't want to misquote him. Oh, he was talking okay. about the it would be even funnier if it was about the Ecogra banner. But he was talking about the thread. The thread it was removed because of your continual abuse of our support staff this week. It was then followed by this post. So he's saying that because you were telling our support staff that they need to remove these banners, which shouldn't be up there, which are falsely certifying our site to have a random shuffle that has not been certified, because you've been abusing our staff by telling them they should do that, we're deleting your threats to punish you. No threats for you, because you, you dare tell us to remove the eCogra banner we shouldn't have. Uh, number two. Your only other contribution on 2 plus 2 over the last two years was to start a similar thread about poker trackers. So Shane goes and digs into this guy's post on 2 plus 2 and bitches that this guy, the only other thing he's ever posted was to complain about another company, poker tracker. Well, who cares? That's not <laughs> Shane's business. Like, who, who cares? If, if the guy has a point, the guy has a point. I don't care what his history is. I, I don't care if this guy's a, a mass murderer and a child molester. If, if he brought up a good point about Ecogra, he brought up a good point about Ecogra. Who cares wh- what his background is? I mean, he was right. He was telling the truth. The banners were up and they shouldn't have been. Three, uh, we'll not allow you to start a flame war because you haven't gotten the answer you wanted from our support team over the specs of your machine. Now, what he's referring to is that uh, this guy's claiming that uh, his software, the lock software doesn't work on his computer and that lock is understating what you need computer-wise to run the software. I won't get into that, but that's already kind of a rude answer. Uh, and four, as for the eCogra buttons, it was simply a case of a web designer thinking they had to stay up since they were verifying the previous period and made no mention of being currently verified. What? It was simply I, a case of... I think of he's just saying that his uh, web guys are incompetent. The web designer thinking they had to leave it up because the previous period was certified? And, the, and it makes no mention of being currently verified. So, so instead of taking it down or at least clarifying it, that we were certified up until May 31st when we switched networks, currently we have no certification. Instead of putting that disclaimer in or just removing it entirely, he's claiming the web designers just thought we should just leave it up there. Well, I don't care what the web designers thought. They're supposed to take direction from people like you, Shane. They're supposed to take direction from the management at Lock Poker, and when they're alerted to this, and I, again, I don't believe Lock Poker did this on purpose, but when they were, they're alerted to it, instead of deleting threads about it and, and telling the guy who reported it that he's abusing them, fix it. Just tell the web designer, hey, uh, can you take two minutes and please take down those banners? Thank you. That's it. And then tell the guy, how yes. Was, how was he abusive? Was he rude? Supposedly? Well, he didn't post his, uh, his messages to Lock Poker. So I can't say if he was or he wasn't. But who cares? I mean, he was bringing up a real problem. And, and all he had to say back was, yes, we're taking it down immediately. Sorry about that. It was an oversight. Fine. I mean, why does this have to become a big thing? Why, why would it take so long? Why would it take so many messages? Why, why the cover-up on 2 plus 2? For something that takes two minutes to remove from a website, it's just so stupid. This is the way Lock Poker handles everything. And then for Shane to write this angry reply, uh, I mean, Shane, take a look at the procedures that are Lock Poker. If somebody contacts you with a problem, and it's a real problem, and they're not full of shit, then take care of it, especially if it's something very easy like this. So, anyway... Uh, that, that's The Shane guy, he's, I've seen him go off on other people. 
he, he went off on Micro Bob on 2 Plus 2. He's this very, you know, kind of mild-mannered guy who has like a million posts there. Just because Micro Bob wasn't getting paid his money that, that he was owed for months and months. So, uh, Lock Poker just continues to do stupid things. And this this wasn't a, a huge issue. And it's not like I would feel better about them if they were ECOGRA certified. But they but, definitely made it a bigger issue than it had to be. Yeah. So, yeah, terrible. Uh, so anyway, uh, and, and you know, it, it doesn't matter if he went off on them and, and support or went off on, on other people. The, the point is here that he was right, and the point is when you're a business and there's a customer who's angry, and the customer is angry by something legitimate, yes, you can have an endless fight with him, and yes, you will always deal with asshole customers, but it's, it's professional behavior dictates that you don't get in a pissing match with a customer. You just say, okay, sir, and, and, and just, you know, Try to quiet them down. Try to calm them down. And, and don't get into a, a match where you're fighting back and forth. And if they're bringing up something legitimate, then do something about it, even if you don't like the person. You know, if, a, if I ran a restaurant and someone came in and said, hey, your sign fell down. Uh, nobody can see what restaurant this is. And by, by the way, I think you're ugly. Well, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't like the guy for saying that he thinks I'm ugly, but I, I wouldn't not fix my sign because he's the one who brought it to my attention. I would still go out and fix that sign. So, I, I mean, it, this is just crazy. Um, by the way, uh, I hear that you are a Giants fan. San Francisco Giants, that is, not New York Giants. That is correct, because I am from San Francisco, um, Bay Area. So, every time you post about the Dodgers, I bristle a little bit. Yeah, I had a feeling. Well, uh, the Giants and Dodgers, who are right now separated by a half game in the standings, the Giants are one half game coming into today, and we're missing this game. And it's four nothing Giants. I was about to give the ESPN update. But, uh, <laughs> no, sorry. Yeah. Now I can't do it anymore. But yeah, oh, sorry. I know you're so excited there. Yeah, it's so weird because uh, I don't know. So these two teams shutting each other out. The Dodgers were in San Francisco uh, two series ago, got shut out all three games. Now a lot of their players were injured, but still got shut out all three games. Then the Dodgers again went to San Francisco played three games, and shut out San Francisco two of those games. And now, San Francisco's at Dodger Stadium, and has shut out the Dodgers, uh, or actually didn't shut out the Dodgers, they shut them out for eight innings before giving up a home run to win, still won two to one yesterday, and now they're shutting them out again, four nothing. So, it doesn't look good for the Dodgers tonight. They uh, they better at least win one of the series, or they're in trouble. Do you actually bet on baseball? No, no, I, I haven't bet on baseball in a long time. It's uh, It's just too hard to do. So it's just a love relationship with the Dodgers. That's yeah, your yeah. primary interest. Yeah, no, it's sad because I was actually, uh, I was actually going to go to Friday's game, but uh, I won't be able to be in uh, in Southern California on Friday. So I thought I was going to be, but I cannot be. So uh, I probably won't be able to go to the game. Anyway, you know, Grenada Roger asks, uh, why are there no pictures of the show hosts up on the site? And uh, he does make a good point, at least on the radio page, we should probably have a, a small radio banner. I'll, I'll work on something, and uh, you can tell me if you like it. Very good. Yeah, we have our uh, Photoshop queen on the radio show here. She, uh, she Vowels is actually very good at doing Photoshop, and uh, you know, I'm terrible at that, so I'm glad we have someone who can. And Yeah, we definitely need that. The reason I didn't have any pictures up here is because when I started this site, I, I didn't want this to be a site all about me. And even though I'm the only owner of the site, and even though I have the most posts on the site, and uh, I generate a lot of the content here, uh, 
I don't want this to be the dandruff or Todd Wittella's site. I want this to be Poker Fraud Alert that happens to be run by dandruff. So I, I don't put really very much about myself here just to take the focus away from me so people don't see this as like a fan site for me. But but definitely the radio page should have some some bios or some pics or whatever, and we should, we should have more there. In fact, we should have a description of the show. The radio page that's up right now was a very temporary page that I just made on the day I threw a radio together. And, uh, you know, I'm always better at, at doing technical things than design things. So, anyway, we'll, we'll improve that. And, uh, yeah, if you want to put together a little banner, that'll be great. Well, first I have to figure out if Drexel's coming back or not. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I'm glad I didn't make a jingle yet, just in case that happens. Right. But uh, um, we talk about, uh, this is actually a pretty big story, even though we're covering it uh, fairly well into the show. A busted New York City underground card room operator got his case dismissed. This is a guy who ran a New York City card room. And he got busted. I think this happened in December 2011, somewhere around there. And he was convicted. And what he was convicted of was uh, let me let me go to the story here. And I'll uh, give it more accurately so I don't say the wrong thing. This is actually a post in our uh, poker community discussion forum, which isn't used that often, but uh, that's where I posted it. This guy, his name is Lawrence De Cristina. He was busted in New York for running an underground poker room. He was charged with a federal crime violating the Illegal Gambling Business Act, IGBA, of 1955. The 1955 law he violated. We'll continue discussing that in a second, but in the meantime, we have a caller from the 650 area. I think I may know who this is, but uh, caller, you're on the air. What's up, John? That's who I thought it is. Is this Neverheeb? Well, I have oh bad I have bad news for you. I'm I'm happy to have you on the show, but your phone is absolutely awful and we can't hear you. Are you calling from a cell? No, I'm calling from a fucking payphone. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst payphone ever. You know, this is like uh, this is what we get in place of Ken Scaler. Ken Scaler doesn't call in, so we get another payphone guy. I I was about to say this doesn't sound like a cell phone problem. Cell phones usually cut out, but they don't have like this this uh like garbled sound. This is usually like a landline, and usually a payphone when it sounds like this. I, I could have guessed a payphone, but uh, is there any chance you could use a different payphone? Because I, as much as I'd love to have you on the show, I can't put the audience through hearing you this way because you're so hard to hear. It's worse than Ken Scaler calls. Oh, man, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody put some uh, money together for Heeb to get himself a uh, cricket or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, <laughs> this is. <laughs> but oh, we boy. finally get a call from Heeb. I don't want to hang up on him. He's spending his, his bottom dollar to call this uh, the show. But but That's boy, terrible. boy, is that uh, pretty bad sound quality? And uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I can understand you, but I can imagine our listeners probably can't. He, we love you. So when we hang up on you, don't don't take it personal. All right, all right. All right. He's going to call us back. Th- thank okay. you, Neverheeb. So glad to hear from Neverheeb, a, a long time well, member. Of, he's alive. Yeah, long time member of this community. And, huh. 
<laughs> FTP Jesus says he sounds like a Charlie Brown teacher. Well, someone also asked if he was calling from jail. <laughs> that would be sad if that was the jail payphone, and he's like, come on, man, let me out. I just got to call Poker for all Alert. Let me make this for my one phone call. <laughs> one phone call. Yeah. You had to fight three big guys to get to the phone. Yeah, you know, if it was only a little bit louder, I, I would have pretended like he was Charlie Brown's teacher. <laughs> he, he would have been like, wah, 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 wah. I was, I'm sorry, ma'am. Snoopy ate my homework. I really had it all done. <laughs> yeah, he was playing Red Baron again, and uh, he used my homework as the bullets. <laughs> uh, that was the best part of that show. <laughs> you know what? I... I I just wanted to hear once those adults talking normally. It, th- that actually bothered me. I, I thought it was funny. Oh, really? I thought it was I funny, and, and now that I'm an adult, it's like a memorable part of Charlie Brown that we can all laugh about now. But I really wanted to hear the adults talking. Like, <laughs> I, I sit there as like a like a six year old and go, like I sit there as a six year old and go, why is it wah 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 wah? That's that's not the way my parents talk. <laughs> because grown ups are unimportant. That's yeah. why. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't even understand the point of it. Like when I got older, I understood the point. But as a kid, I was like, "Why aren't we supposed to understand them? And why can Charlie Brown understand wah 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 wah, and, and I can't?" What did Looks Charlie like Brown? Dodgers scored a run, by the way. Oh, well, they're not going to get shut out. So, I, I you know, I, I just, uh, I really want the Dodgers to win a World Series. At least the Giants have won a World Series recently. The Dodgers haven't won one in 24 years. And, and that's the way we like it. <laughs> I, I've, I've had this desire to go to a Dodgers World Series game, and I was only 16 when they were last there in 1988. And I said, one day I'm going to be old enough to where I'll be able to afford to go to the World Series. Uh-oh, you guys scored it again. Yeah, I see in the chat room. Oh, and, oh and, my. And they, they just keep teasing me. In 2008, they, uh, they, they got to the... NLCS and got beat by the Phillies. 2009, they get to the NLCS, get beat by the Phillies again. And uh, I, mean, I, could, I could be a Cubs fan. That'd be worse. I'd probably be waiting 200 years. But, uh, you know, uh, they, they've still got a chance. They're, they're far from out of it. Maybe they'll even come back and win this game. But, uh, anyway. Anything's possible. Um... Uh, Val is posting in the chat room a picture of a Dodger cat burning. Have you seen the picture in the forum I posted of the hat palm? Of the, uh, the, do- the the Giants player with a hat over his face when they're losing 9-1? to one? No, I have to okay. see, wait, make sure to... I'll have to post that. that. Okay, but anyway, uh, we'll wait for Neverheap to call back from a, a payphone that's functional. And um, uh, in the meantime, I'll get back to the discussion topic. And if anybody else wants to call in, phone number 775-FRAUD55. 775-372-8355. Just want to warn everybody, even though I know you love long shows, and the show's coming up on two hours, I probably won't be able to go that much longer because of the cold I have. It, it's starting to it's starting to hurt, kind of. So. And, and the other thing is, um, I kind of have to take off a little early this evening, oh, too, so okay. uh, it's a mutual for both co-hosts. Okay. Um, I've got a situation here at the house that I have to attend yeah. to. Yeah, so... You know, uh, I always show up here, even if I don't feel well. But, That's uh, right. I mean, I, we, we made it here through uh, many trials yeah. <laughs> for at least a couple hours. But a- anyway, uh, about this busted card room, the big thing about this, getting back to what happened, 
Um, this guy, uh, Lawrence DiCristina, was busted in 2011 for running an underground poker room. Charged with a federal crime, the Illegal Gambling Business Act of 1955. He was convicted. He appealed the verdict in federal court and his claim for why the appeal should be granted was that poker is not gambling. He took a page out of the PPA and said, poker is not gambling. It's a skill game. And even though it has chance elements to it, it is a game of skill where over time the skilled players will win and the bad players and average players will lose. And Therefore, it's not gambling. And it's also not gambling, he said, because it's not a banked game, meaning that you're not playing against the, the house. You're playing against other players. Uh, the Poker Players Alliance, PPA, got involved and helped this guy out. Now, the reason they helped this guy out is because they've been jerking off all these years to the whole poker isn't gambling tactic of getting online poker legalized for years. And let me tell you something. I agree. Poker is a game of skill. But I disagree that it's not gambling. Of course it's gambling. It's just skilled gambling. If you don't think poker is gambling, then that means that uh, Tiffany Michelle was the 17th best player at the main event of the World Series of Poker four years ago. <laughs> I mean, and you I'm, just can't live in that world. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course it's gambling. It's just a form of gambling which is influenced by skill to where a skilled player can overcome the luck factor if you if he plays enough hands. But that doesn't mean there's no gambling element to it. It it does have enough of a chance element to where it is gambling. And the worst part of it is even if you want to say it's not gambling, it's very hard to convince the general public and the lawmakers that poker's not gambling. People hear about poker, they associate poker with casinos, they associate poker with gambling. And that's what they think it is. And if you come to them and say, no, 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 poker's not gambling, you sound like an idiot. Even if you're not one. You sound like it. You sound like someone trying to pull the wool over their eyes. So instead of coming with better reasons why they should legalize online poker, the PPA has been banging its head into the wall for years, spending all the money, mostly from Full Tilt and Poker Stars, saying that poker is not gambling, and therefore online poker should be legal in the U.S. And you see how effective that has been. Because it's harder to play online poker now than it's ever been. Online poker situation has been getting worse, not better, for U.S. players, despite the existence of the PPA for six years. So I'm not a fan of the PPA. Another problem with the PPA is they're they're an arrogant organization. If you read the PPA form on two plus two, never do you read from them. We made a mistake. We're wrong. Oh, that's a great suggestion. Maybe we'll try that. We didn't think of that. They never say things like that. The PPA tells you what's right. The PPA tells you what the right tactics are. And you better not dare question them or they're going to fight with you. They'll actually sit there arguing, arguing, arguing with you instead of stepping back and saying, hey, we're all on the same side. We all want the same thing. We all want online poker legalized. Everybody agrees. But... uh, uh, unfortunately, um, the PPA has not been successful with this tactic about poker isn't gambling. Well, they finally thought they reeled in a big fish here because they got involved in this guy's case, even though it has nothing to do with online poker. They got involved because they wanted a federal judge to rule 
that poker isn't gambling. And here this guy was asking for exactly that. Well, guess what? Today, a federal judge threw out the conviction. And he agreed that poker is not gambling. Well, he's saying that it's uh, the role of the expertise part is, is higher than 50% with poker, unlike other games like uh, Blackjack, which I, I would say it's about 50-50, wouldn't you? It you depends know that, on the hand. But. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to say. It's hard to say exactly what percentage is luck and what is skill in poker, and it's very hard to figure out. But, uh, but he's is making that definitive call and saying that, you know, poker is the only example of these games where the role of expertise is higher than 50%. I think this guy's a poker player. Yeah, well, you know, I'll say this. Any game where you can beat it over time, if you're a more skilled player, that means that it is more of a skill game than a luck game. But So I agree with that. So I think that's what he means by more than 50%. But, but uh, anyway, this is what the judge wrote. Neither the text of the IGBA, that's the uh, Illegal Gambling Business Act of 1955, nor the, its legislative history demonstrate that Congress designed the statute to cover all state gambling offenses. Nor does the definition of gambling include games such as poker, which are predominated by skill. The rule of lenity, which I'll explain in a second, compels a narrow reading of the IGBA and dismissal of the defendant's conviction. The indictment is dismissed. The jury, jury verdict is set aside. So here's what he was saying. He's saying that uh, this Illegal Gambling Business Act does not specifically say that poker is considered gambling. And it also does not say that games that are more skilled than luck are gambling. So this rule of lenity he's talking about, the rule of lenity is, is that when something is ambiguous... It's a legal term for when something's ambiguous, for when something's not said either way. In a criminal case, when the law does not say either way about something, you have to go with the way that favors the defendant and let him off. That's what the rule of lenity is. That you, If it doesn't say that poker is considered gambling in this law, if it doesn't say that games of skill can still be considered gambling, then even though maybe you could interpret it that way, maybe not, if it doesn't say that, then by the rule of lenity, that since it doesn't say that, you have to let it go. You have to side with the defendant, earn the favor of the defendant here, and drop the case against him. Oh, and speaking of dropping something, we're going to have to drop this topic as we have Ken Scaler calling. Uh, Master Scaler, hold on here, we're going to connect you onto the show. Yeah, hang on, I'm going to connect you on here. So I'm going to connect him on here. He called my personal cell phone. And, uh, what we will I was do. Gonna say, it was a very distinctive ring. Yeah, it's, it's an old like uh, Rockford Files ring. <laughs> like a seventy. It's like he's got that special line into the White House or something. Yeah, well, he kind of does. <coughs> Sorry about that. Sorry about that. So, so, Mr. Ken Scaler. Oh yeah, that's still me. Hey buddy, <laughs> how are you? No, you sound like the lead singer of the Sea Ponies. <laughs> I'm not familiar Everyone with Everyone listen on YouTube to the Sea Ponies. Her singing voice sounds like this chick. Anyway, go on. <laughs> this chick. <laughs> so, so the singing voice sounds like her speaking voice? Yeah, yeah. If you hear the Sea Ponies, I saw them on Sunday night at the, at the Echo, which is an indie rock club. Yeah, yeah. It just reminds me of that that lady, the singer's voice. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. okay. So, uh, so, so, Ken, uh, Welcome to the show. By the way, the Sea Ponies lead singer looks a little bit like somebody I used to know, but I won't say who. 
Okay. I think I know who. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so Ken, uh, thank you for calling in, and uh, before we get to the game... Yeah, I just got the, I just got the email now. I, I, thought I hit over 250,000 friends on MySpace this past week. And how do you feel about that? I feel really good. I have over a quarter of a million friends, even though a lot of them are just bands and, and bots. bots and yeah. fans and people I don't know and, you know, a lot of brouhaha. Well, I, I congratulate you for having a lot of bot friends. No, 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 bands, bands, bands. And, and, and you girls. Know, if, some, some are real people. Well, yeah, real girl bots, fembots you have. So Wait, I'm friends at myspace.com slash Todd would tell us. There's still a MySpace? I'm friends with Todd's MySpace. I think he checks it once in a while to email me. That's pretty much all I use it for, is to contact Ken. But, uh, Ken, uh, if this world ever becomes like the Matrix, where the machines take over, you will have the most bot friends. And oh, no, no, no. There's people with more. I'm sure Tequila Tequila is kicking my ass. No, no, but you'll have a lot of bot friends, and uh, I think the bots will spare you. They, they won't... Really? They won't kill you, oh, or that's you good. or put you in a pod and ha- harvest you for en- energy. They will uh, say... We're friends with Ken Scaler. Yeah, but they don't say anything. They're bots. I looked up maybe the they're more intelligent, they're more intelligent than sorry. Sorry. Hey Ken, all I can find under Sea Ponies is uh, My Little Pony. No, 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 no. There's a band called I think it's Fuck. I think it's I'm gonna start. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. I'm sorry. By the way, Ken, you I, got you got to hear this girl's voice. It does sound like the colors on the show. It, it's spelled oh, it's C Pony, one word. I'm sorry. Okay. S E A P O N Y, one word. Ken, one word. Okay, I'm going to look this up. But Ken, uh, in the meantime, do you have enough change on this payphone to uh, stay on for a little uh, bit? Yeah, I got I got some change. You know. Okay, we don't we don't want the game to be cut short here. Okay, I won't be cut short. I do want to say that uh, Jimmy Kimmel's moving to 11:35. It has nothing to do with anything. I just wanted to say that. Well, yeah, Jimmy Kimmel once said you couldn't come. Okay, that's... Oh, shit, I forgot about that. Let's not talk about it anymore. He really did. Jimmy Kimmel once said, what? Did his mom say Ken can't come? I wasn't even there for that. Jimmy Kimmel said this like 17 years ago. But anyway, um, this game we're going to play tonight is called What Does Ken Scaler Think? And we're interrupting our important discussion... On about Sea Pony? No. Uh, we're okay. interrupting our important One discussion ab- about the potential landmark case about poker not being gambling, so we can have this exciting game. So, Ken, I hope you appreciate it. Wait, 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 wait. It's legal again? No. Uh, is it going to the Supremes? What, what's going on with that? No, no. It's it's. Uh, you can listen to the show, Ken. Can you tell me, like, in, like, a Cliff Notes slash Spark No, there was, just, there was just one court case that could maybe have an impact later, but nothing's changed. Okay, so, okay, all right. Okay, so so here's the rules of the game. We're going to take a test shortly. It's a, a $10 contest. The game's called What Does Ken Scaler Think? I have five questions I've already written out. Ken does not know them. Uh, we're going to have two callers in. I'm going to ask the questions to each of the callers and say, what would Ken Scaler say is the answer here? So you're not supposed to give the right answer, necessarily. You're supposed to give the answer you think Ken is going to give. And whoever comes closer gets the point. We're going to do this for five questions. Whoever gets closer... What if there's a tie? There can't be a tie. Whoever gets the... What do you mean there can't be a tie? Because every time someone's going to be a little bit closer on the answer. And we're going to do five questions, so 
they'll be closer three times, and the other one will be closer two times, or you know, at the very least. So whoever gets three or I'm one so point, confused. You, you Ken, don't turn like, the music down. Ken, well, oh, I'm not. It's not my music. I'm in front of a fat burger, and it's their little radio. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, who, you whoever gets three. Fat burger and Sherman Oaks. No, and I don't mean PHAT. I mean FAT. Whoever gets three of the five questions will win the ten dollars. And uh, if we, and this is the second version of it, we did it once before and Weissman won. So Weissman cannot play tonight since he won the first edition. And, you know, whoever I'm, wins. I'm so glad that I'm helping this parsimonious contest. Yeah, okay, okay, very good, Ken. So <laughs> I'm going to give out the phone number, and uh, the fifth and sixth callers will be. Uh, where's the other co host? Uh, uh, we, we're missing. We're down one host. Yeah, he's he's uh, permanently or just tonight. Uh, for right now, it's just vacation. Tonight. Yeah, yeah. No, he really is. But, he's, he's but this isn't a very tough job. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably taking a vacation just from radio, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, so, okay. so can uh, um, so okay. Here's the phone number. As soon as I finish saying the digits, you can call, and I'll take the fifth and sixth callers. And you are welcome to call multiple times. So if if you're one of the first four callers. And don't get to be a contestant. You're welcome to call right back. The only thing you have to do, the only thing, sorry, not have to do. The only requirement I have is that you have to know a little bit about Ken. You have to have heard him before. You have to kind of know his deal. If you have no clue who he is or what he's about or the stuff he said or or what his character's like, then don't play this. You have to be familiar with him. Otherwise, the game's no fun. So that's the only thing I'm asking. Phone number is 775-372-8355, area code FRAUD, F-R-A-U-D, 55. Make sure to show your caller ID or otherwise. Otherwise. Show your caller ID for $10, and if you lose, you get vaginal warts in your next flight. <laughs> now no one is going to play. I know. Vaginal warts. So I guess we will get... I'm just trying to get females to call, I'm sure. Well, that's not going to get anyone to call. Nobody wants, vaginal, nobody wants vaginal warts. I know, I was kidding. I mean, the loser gets thousand awards. That makes him try. So, I, <laughs> I just saw a call flash on and flash off. It's so weird. I hope I'm not having phone problems here. We'll call yeah. back whoever C it was. Pony. This girl sounds like C Pony lead singer. Okay. I saw. You know what I'm going to do while we're waiting for the call here? I'm, I'm going to look. I'm going to look up the C Ponies on YouTube. C Pony. No, singular. It's not plural. I've got. I've got one of their videos all queued up, but we'll save it for after the show. Well, I'll, okay, I'll, I'll play it here uh, softly in the background. She sounds like the co-host. I'm not kidding. The Sea Pony. Call up uh, 775-Fraud55. Oh, Cashy opening. And we will take callers well, 5 and 6. Thing. A lot of calls. I don't know if this sounds Doesn't like it. sound like her? I'm not noticing here. Here's caller number one. Tell. Yeah, I can't really tell either. Caller number one. Is this one step? Sounds like her. Caller number one, try again and take a one. Okay, that's caller one. Here's caller two. Call back, caller Call phone, unknown caller. Uh-oh, I hate when it does this. Why is everyone unknown? It's not unknown. It's some weird thing that comes up. Caller number two, who is this? Well, I think they know they lost. I can't even hear them, so whatever. Although when I was on when I was on a single out, I said I lost anyway. That's right. Uh, caller number three is this one step again? Yes. Okay, keep calling back one step. You may make it. You know, there's a band called the Wonder Stuff. They were really good back in the day. You, you know what's funny is uh, 
we struggle to get calls at first, and then once we have a winner, that seems to be when all the calls come in. Huh? Yeah, I don't understand it either. Okay. All right, one step, you're calling. It's like some new, Newtonian law or something. Yeah, you're, you're number four, one step. Call in, and uh, then we'll need a ca- uh, caller five and six. The next two calls g- uh, get in. One step, I think, is making a good chance. Everybody's kind of shy tonight. Ten dollars. How do you everybody. pay them the ten dollars? Is it like PayPal or how do they? Whatever, how whatever way they want. Whatever way they want. So oh, callers five and six. Next two calls. So here comes one step. He's going to be player one, and then he gets the home court advantage. He gets the first uh, choice. And here, and the next caller is going to be player number two. And Call from unknown uh, caller. Same stupid Six unknown caller. So don't call anymore. I'm now, now I'm suddenly getting a lot of calls, of course. Don't okay, call anymore. We've got our player. We have our player. So uh, one step's the first player. Uh, who's this other player from I'm seven? not a player. I just crush a lot. Who's this other guy on the line here? Hockey <laughs> guy. Hockey guy, okay. Hockey guy, yay. So welcome to the show, Hockey Guy. And Hockey Guy, of course, has been very generous. Wait, Hockey, wait, hockey Pie? You're, no. you're part of the 99% no. or the 1%? And it's Hockey Guy. Hockey. Oh, hockey Guy? Who cares about that? It's all about Hockey Pie. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Ken. Oh, all right, so... Well, I grew up near Dave Taylor of the L.A. Kings, but I didn't know anything about That's true. He lived like 10 houses from Okay, me. so here's the, here's the rules. Uh, because one step came in with call number five, he gets what I call the home court advantage, which means he gets to choose first on the first, third, and fifth question. Hockey guy gets to choose first on the second and fourth questions. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put Ken on hold uh, when I ask these questions, so... He doesn't get to hear the question until you guys have already said what you think he's going to answer, so you don't get any read on him. So, Ken, I'm going to put you on hold here. I'll just be blaming. Yeah, I hope not. Just kidding. <laughs> okay, so I put Ken on hold. Put Ken on hold. And, and here, I'm oh, sorry, with the echo here. Here is the first question, and. Uh, the questions go toward, you know, first will be one step who gets the answer. This will be a multiple yeah, choice. Drop, drop. Um, I'm sorry for dropping. Uh, can I be referred to as one space uh, step from now on? Thank you. One space step? Yeah, one space step. All right. One space okay, step. What do, you think the, <laughs> what do you think Ken's answer will be to the following? What league are the Dodgers in? Will he answer... The National League? Will he answer the American League? Or will he answer something that's neither of those two? It could either be I don't know or something else that's just wrong. If if I get the answer correct, can I can I win the game? No, you have game? to win you have to win three of these. Well you know what I'm saying, if I know exactly what he says. Yes. Okay, he's gonna say the Negro League. Are you actually gonna well that I'm gonna make it more broad for you that he's gonna say Okay. Anything that's not national or American. So, what do you say? Uh, you pick the field. Now, what about you, hockey guy? What you, national or American? You can't pick the field because uh, one step already guessed that. No, I, I know exactly what you're going to say. What, what do you I think? Was, I, was gonna, I was actually going to pick the Negro League, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll go with National League. Okay, so you say... I'm serious. I was going to pick the... I was, I'm serious. I was going to pick the Negro League. You both seem to like the... Yeah. You both seem to like the yeah. Negro League. The Iceman <laughs> plays for <laughs> All right, let's get Ken back on the line here. Ken. 
Yeah, what happened? I'm sorry. No, I had to put you on hold. So for question number one. Oh, I understand. Do you think any orangutans in the Tony Danza 1981 movie Going Ape are still alive? I think they're called the Barracini orangutans. I was just wondering about that. I have to think that they've passed on. It's been, it's okay, been 30 years. Yeah, it it so, okay, uh. Ken, what league are the Dodgers in? What league? They're in Major League Baseball. No, no, but what league within Major League Baseball? There's two leagues okay. in Major League Baseball. I won't tell you what they are, but you tell me which one oh. they're in. Um, Charles, you're, you're cheating here. What the hell is this? Um, was I supposed to answer it? or? No, answer it. It's, oh, uh, the National. You got it. Hockey oh. guy with the first point. By the, by the way, there's actually a band called the National. They're from Brooklyn. It has two sets of brothers, and then a, and then some lead singer. Oh, you and know what? So one step is one step is from Brooklyn, huh? One step is from what? Brooklyn, and not only that, Ken, he's bisexual. That's fucking disgusting. Uh, he is. I'm sure, I'm sure the, the, the Republican Senate Canada Missouri does not approve of that slash uh, orientation. All right, let's let's move on here. Ken, I got to put you on hold again. Oh, all right. So, getting back to question Does number Ken two. Does even know how the game is played? I, I don't know, <laughs> but Drop, Drop, Drop. Is, is this like is this like the PFA's version of four eight? I, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so he, here's a question you'll like. Okay, Ken is going to have to pick from four choices. Um, we're actually I'm going to give him four names in poker he's going to have to say if they're a well-known name in poker or not a well-known name slash not a poker player so it's one of those two either well-known name or not a well-known name in poker some of these people are poker players some of them are not poker players and one is a poker player who's not very well-known except in our circle so here are the four names I'm going to be giving Daniel Negreanu Daniel Negreanu Martin Carrico Andrew McCutcheon and Jennifer Harmon. Of those four, I want you to say for each one, one step, do you think he's going to get Danny Negreanu as a poker player, as a well-known poker player? Yes. Yes. Okay. So that's going to make... Oh, sorry. I'm, I, I, I messed it up. Hockey guy, you, you get first choice. I'm sorry. One step. I'll, I'll say he's a Negro. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> okay, so now seriously, a hockey guy. Do you think he? Do you think he'll believe that <laughs> Negranu is a poker player or not a poker? Yeah, player? he'll know. He'll he'll know. He'll know Negranu. Okay, uh, what about uh, Martin Carrico? Yes or no? Do you think? Do you think he'll he'll say them now? Martin Carrico. Do you think he'll say is a well-known poker player or not a well-known poker player? I'll say I get to choose first all four. Well, yes, but as long as you two have, uh, uh, don't have identical answers for all four. I think it should alternate. I think it should alternate. I don't think it should. Don't worry. You'll, you'll get to choose what you want one step. Almost completely. Just trust me. Okay, I'll say, I'll say he's not a well-known poker player. Okay, and what about Andrew McCutcheon? Do you think he's going to say that that's a well-known poker player or not a well-known poker player? Well, I've never heard of him myself, so I'll he, say He's a baseball player. Oh, okay. I don't know who he is. Okay, he'll say he's not a well-known poker player. And what about uh, Jennifer Harmon? Hmm, he'll probably say no woman's a well-known poker player. <laughs> okay. And and one step now, what, what about Negrana? Yes or no, you think he's going to know him? 
as a well-known poker player? Uh, no. Okay, what no. about Martin Carrico? Uh, yes. Yes, he'll think he's a well-known poker player. What about Andrew McCutcheon? Will, think he, will he think he's a well-known poker player? He's a... Uh, no. And what about Are Jennifer Harmon? these down? Yes, I am. Okay. What, what about Jennifer Harmon? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you buy, you guys have different answers, and uh, in the case of a tie, uh, we will go for uh, you know whoever has the earliest one that's correct. All right. So let's go back to Ken. Ken. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, man? I'm well, gonna by name. Way, a couple of the Dodgers were in the hot seat of Wally George audience in the '80s. Go on. That's true. Now, speaking of the Dodgers, actually, actually not speaking of the Dodgers, speaking of poker players, I hope Ken. Not. Ken. I'm going to name four different people. You have to tell me if these are well-known poker players or not well-known. When I say well-known, I mean like where most poker fans would know who they are. So you have to you mean A-list, B-list? No, just, you just, have to be A-list? just either A-list or something else. Some of them aren't even poker players. I'm just going to be listing four are names. Are they all four in the same category? Can like three be A-list and one not A-list? Yes. Or? I'm going to list four players. You tell me if they're well-known poker players or not. Okay. Okay. Daniel Negreanu. Oh, I mean, I do each individually. Yes. I've heard that name. I think he was on that canceled NBC show a few times. So is he a well-known poker player? I, I, I'm going to say well-known. Okay. What about, and the answer is yes, he is. Uh, what about Martin Carrico? Well-known poker player or not? I've never heard of him, but I'm, I'm going to just <laughs> guess well-known. You're going to guess well-known. All right. Uh, and I'm what, well known. what about Andrew McCutcheon? Is he a well-known poker player? Was I right or wrong on the second one? Um, that's actually Judonk, and the answer is no. So you got that wrong. <laughs> well, he's a pro at wait, Judon, wait, wait, what? That's Judon's name? Yes. Wow. <laughs> well, you learn something new okay, every day. Okay, well, he's well known in your world, but not the... Okay, go on. What's the third one? Andrew McCutcheon. Oh, God. I think he's he a wobbler here. I'm going to say not well known. Okay, you're right. He's a baseball player. And what about Jennifer... Yes? What Is about he a Dodger also? No, he's a Pittsburgh Pirates. What about Jennifer Harmon? Oh man! Now, as long as he's not a Pittsburgh Buck Pirate, like one of the callers, go on. <laughs> it's actually a Brooklyn Buck Pirate who's the caller. <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. So, so Ken, uh, he's also a Negro. Got to put more money. Excuse me. Ken, what about <laughs> Jennifer, Jennifer Harmon, a po- well-known poker player or not? Okay. I'm going to say no, and the reason is I'm going to guess she's a girlfriend of a male poker player. No, she is. Well, she is. She's the wife of a male poker player, but also a very well-known poker player, too. So here is the score. Who's know her or the husband? Here is the score. Um, hockey, guy, <laughs> hockey guy got three out of four right. The only one he got wrong, when I say right, as far as what you were going to say. Hockey guy correctly guessed three out of the four. The only one he got wrong was Martin Carrico. He thought you'd say no, and you said yes. And one step... Got uh, he got two of the four. He got Jennifer Harmon wrong and he got Negreanu wrong. So hockey guy has one. Running away with this game. So hockey guy so far. Bonus points for predicting he 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 stable the the woman thing. Yeah, you you got it right. Who's Jennifer Harmon's husband? Uh, His name is Marco Traniello. What? Yeah. So okay, let me move on to the third question here. Sounds like one of the sweat hogs. (laughs) He might be. Okay, so Ken, okay. I, I got to put you on hold again. Oh boy. Okay, this guy. Like a corner question. Okay, guys, I put him on hold. Put him on hold. Here's the third question, and this time one step goes first. You got. You can only choose one of three things here. 
I'm going to ask him if he thinks that Angelina, jo- Angelina Jolie, is she hot, not hot, or decent but overrated? One of those three. <laughs> One step, okay. what do you think he's going to say? We're assuming that he knows who she is. Just answer the question. Hot, not hot, or decent, but overrated. What's he going to say? Oh, oh, okay. Um, I want to say uh, overrated. Okay, decent, overrated. And what about you, hockey guy? It has to be hot or not hot. Well, since he admits to masturbating in Starbucks restaurants' bathrooms, I'm going to say he's going to say she's hot. Okay. Although I disagree with that. But okay, we're going to put we're going to put Ken on here. Ken, what is your opinion yeah. of what is your opinion of Angelina Jolie for her looks? Um, is it a black and white or is it going to be like a? Well, I guess it can lean negative. I think she's totally overrated. I don't like tattoos. She, I think she has more of a lesbian following than a straight man following. I, 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 I think there's way, 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 way prettier girls out there. I can just go to any night at like Coachella. So which would best be like 80% would better looking than her. So what would what would best describe how you feel about her? Hot, not hot, or decent but overrated? Um. Can I, is there a category between not hot and decent but overrated? Well, no, I don't want to say she's like butt ugly, but I don't want to. But decent but overrated is still too positive. Okay, well that's uh, one step is closer. So uh, uh, he said decent but overrated. Hockey guy actually his said he would say words, hot. His first words were overrated. So why why are you trying to? I'm not. I just I just from, wanted from I just wanted to clarify. One step, you got the point. Don't worry. This is this is very it's very shady here. It's not shady here. Okay, it's getting closer to that value meal. Okay, I'm I'm putting I'm putting you on hold again, Ken. All right, question number four. I'm getting some suggestions in the chat room that we cut this down to fewer questions. So maybe next week we'll do three questions instead of five. Uh, here is question number four. Question number four. Um, if Ken is forced to listen to music for one hour of a certain type, which of these four would he pick? And he doesn't like any of these, I can tell you already. Rap. Sea pony. <laughs> so, yeah, the sea ponies. <laughs> no. uh, rap, <laughs> top 40, country, or oldies from the 1950s. Hockey guy used to go first. Which one would he uh, least like to be stuck with for an hour of those four? Would he least like to be stuck with? Yeah, which one would he, would he hate the most to be forced to listen to for one hour? Rap, top 40, country, or oldies from the 1950s? Okay, you asked the one question one one way, and then you asked another way another the second time here. Well, I, I'm asking... Which one will he pick to listen to? No, which one... I, I must have said it wrong. Which one would he least want to listen to? Which one would he hate the most? Oh, which one? The country. Okay, country. One step, what Rap. do you say? Rap. Rap. All right. I had a feeling you'd say that. Rap. All right. We're going to put Ken back on. Ken. Ken. Yeah. If you were locked oh, in, a, if you were locked in the room. Wait, wait, before I answer the question, I just want to say this is a true story. I actually have a first cousin that was in the same graduating class at Beverly Hills High with Angelina Jolie, class of '93. The difference is that Angelina Jolie dropped out to take the GED and start acting, and my cousin is a lawyer. Go on. That's that's an exciting story, Ken. Yeah, they if, weren't friends. If they were to lock you in a room and force you to listen to one hour worth of music that you hated. I'm going to give you four types of music you don't like. You have to tell me which one would be the worst to be stuck 
listening to for an hour. Okay? You mean the one I hate the most? Yes. Rap. So I can't tie it. No, you can't tie it. Rap, top 40, country, or oldies from the 50s? Rap, top 40. God. I really have a tie. You can't give a tie. Just give uh, a, I, I, can't, I can't answer it. <laughs> There's like two that are just so extreme. Okay, I really just, just say them and we'll go from there. Okay. Now, give me the four choices again. Rap, country, top 40. I'm surprised you don't have like death metal as a choice, but go on. Rap, Rap. Top, top 40, country, and oldies from the 1950s. Okay. Uh, oh, God. Top 40 just is like faggoty, but whatever. Um, I'm going to give it a tie. It's, it's literally a tie between rap and country. Okay, unfortunately, those I are really the two choices. I, I won't tell you who picked which. You've got to pick one. Oh, fuck. Um, only because there's some alternative country bands like the Akon family and the Avett Brothers, and, you know, there's some, like, kind of indie country bands like Shannon and the Clams and, you know, uh, stuff like that. So I'm going to have to say rap. Okay, well, one step wins. It's, it's a tie game now. Here, it comes down to the final question. I'm going to put you the on hold. Down with the I'm going to put you on hold. And here is the final, the final question, here. question here. I just want to be on record as saying they all, all country sucks. No, that's not true. I actually <laughs> like country. I'm a fan what of country. What about Willie Nelson? Okay, so let's, uh, here's, here's number Willie five. Nelson. Whoever wins this wins the contest. Um, this is a poker question. Um, Ken is going to have to choose from these four choices. Now, one step, you have home court, so you get to pick first. Which of these four choices? He's, I'm going to tell Ken that in Texas Hold'em, they put three cards out on the board. What is the name of that? And I'm going to give him four choices. I'm going to tell him four choices. He has to choose one. Flop, turn, river, or ocean? What do you, now, we all know the answer, but what's he going to say the answer is? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, uh, I'm going to say river. He's going to say river, and what are you going to say, hockey guy? Hmm. That surprises me there one step. I thought you were going to pick flop for sure, but... Well, now it's open to you. Well, poker, doesn't he? He doesn't know much about uh, poker. I'll say, I'll, I'll say the turn, because the cards turn over. Okay, and uh, if, if, now if he does give an answer, we will have to, uh, I'll give a next question of what do you call the uh, um, the fourth card out, and, and we'll go from there, And uh, um, but uh, we'll see if he picks one of your two. Okay. All right, Ken, here's the last question. Yeah. The last All question. Right, if you asked me on Alicia Silverstone in February 93, what would I say, Todd, in terms of her looks? Not hot. No, are you kidding me? <laughs> that's actually Alicia Ken's Silverstone in Feb when the crush know, came out. That's Ken's dream girl. Well, let me let me uh, let me go to the last question. Ken, oh, in, Colleen is up. Okay, go on, sorry. In poker, she has great tits, by the way. Yeah, wait, 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 start over. In poker, in what? poker, people see um, what happens is in, in Texas Hold'em, they put three cards out. After everybody gets dealt their their two cards, and then they bet, then they put three cards out on the board face up. What is that is called? Is like a flush straight type question? No, no, no. Or it, it's they put three cards out on the board face up. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you four different things it could be called. There's a name for this where they 
deal out th three cards on the board and put them face up for everybody to see, and they share those cards together. So, what is the name now of Now, what if neither of these people get it right? The, well, who wins? I have a contingency. Don't worry. Uh, so, oh, okay. what, is the name, the what is the I name wonder, of this? Will you call it the contingency even if someone gets it right? Someone's going to wonder that. And we'll, we'll talk about that later. What is the oh, okay. name of, of these three cards that are out there? It's got a term to it. It's one of these four. The flop, the turn, the river, or the ocean? Um, oh, God. I've heard of the flop. Uh, sorry to put more money in. This call cost me $1.25 so far. Wow. Um, the flop, the river, the turn, the ocean? Yeah. I'm going to just guess the turn. Hockey guy's the winner. He guess you say the turn. The correct answer is the flop, and neither person thought you would say that, and they're both right. You didn't say the flop. One step guess the river. Hockey guy, congratulations. You are the winner of ten whole dollars. Woohoo! What a contingency of that. The contingency would have been I would have asked what you call the next card. After the oh, fourth I don't know card. What that is. Well, I would have given you the same choices. Anyway, oh, okay, congratulations okay. there. The, the crowd is cheering here for Hockey Guy, for winning the contest. Hockey Guy, uh, I will be... Uh, PM me about the $10 what you want to do with it. And uh, next week, we'll probably cut this game down to three questions so it goes quicker. But uh, thank you, Ken, for playing yeah, is this, is this, like, too long and boring and hurting ratings? Uh, it might be. So, Ken... Uh, oh, so you're calling me boring or you're calling the game boring? I, I'm saying the game, I think, needs to be shortened. But, but Ken, I have a question yeah, for you. Yeah, because if this is a Kevin and Bean, this would be a very fast-paced event. Not not me to mention competitors, but, yeah. you know. So, Ken... Kevin uh, and Bean are a radio show in Los Angeles for those out of town. I want to... Uh, I want to ask you, who what, I am, by the, way. the whole audience knows the story with that girl who uh, you met at the Fat Club. That uh, had the friend oh, that, that cheated you. So did you? You promised you would call her yesterday. I'm been I've been a pussy about it. Ken, what are you so afraid of? Why are you afraid to call this girl and ask her the name of? Because the because uh, there's just some factors about her I just don't want public. And yes, it's really a girl. But we don't even have to speak to her on the air. I mean, people. Know. I would have I would have broken her kneecaps. Ken, it's it's already known on the air that she's fat. Everybody knows that. I just, I just, I just, I just, I just don't want to, I just don't want, you know what it's like? It's like if you went to a tour of duty in Vietnam and you have the choice of going back or not, I would not go back to Vietnam. But Ken, like, we're going to go back for you. Bring in all that emotional turmoil and that, that, that PTSD, you know? But Ken, don't, don't you want the $400 back that you got ripped off of I'm here? not, how the fuck am I going to, she, it's not her. It's no, her, no, I'm not, we're not going to get it from her. We're going to find out the name of the guys who ripped you off and then we're going to track them down and we're going to call them on this radio show. And then I'll rape them. Yeah, and, and one step will rape them. Uh, or sorry, one oh. space... Actually, they'll like that. I, one step, I heard these guys were gay. That's cool. what I believe. I didn't really get into detail about it. But. Yeah, so, so one step... Were they kissing at the table? No, they were feeding each other dessert. Yeah, I was really nauseated. Well, you should have been more nauseated when uh, they stiffed you... By the way, the restaurant is called Post and Beam in Los Angeles, yeah. which is... I'm very boycotting for now. You know, I, maybe I'll call Post and Bean. Maybe, maybe I'll... Oh, no, 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 don't call Post and Bean. I, I think the manager, I forgot the manager's name, it was like David or something. Or Why don't you want me to call them? You're never going back there. Uh, no, no, don't call when I'm on the air. Call next week. Well, I'll call when you're up there. I think, I think Alvin Finkelstein needs to call them.
Okay. Ken, you right. trust me. Not, not, with you me not with me on the phone. No, I will hang up if you do that. Uh, you're acting Ken, really strange you with me. It. You've cost me twenty dollars already, Ken. What's what's the deal? <laughs> it didn't cost you money. You just never made it. Yeah, you cost me twenty dollars. Yeah, you know, Ken, a, a guy in our chat room gr- brought up something. Grenada Rogers said that uh, the four hundred dollars—that's like ten visits to the plasma lab. I mean, that's a lot of plasma. Okay, that, whatever. That, that's a lot of plasma. Way, I tried to donate. I, I tried to donate plasma today, and I said I had too much fat in my plasma that I was lipemic. Uh oh. My plasma was lipemic. Can you realize if these gay guys hadn't done this to you, that you would have been able to? Gay people can't donate plasma, by the way. I mean, gay men can't. Okay, well, Ken, but do you know that if if these guys hadn't done this to you, that you could have gone ten weeks without doing plasma? Oh, that would have been amazing. I could have, I could have gone a hooker off Backpage.com. That too. Yeah. Although I'm wondering how many of them really look like the picture. Ken, what I'm saying to you here is this is a lot of money to you that these guys ripped you off. And I, yeah, I, it is. It, this isn't Todd money. This is like, you know, my, it's a I, lot I, th- I think it's if we apply the proper pressure that these guys might cave and, and pay. Fuck. Okay, Todd, I'm going to I'm gonna have to talk to you about this privately. There's okay. nothing Post and Beam can do. You have to, we have to talk no, about No, no, I know, I know Post and Beam. No, Post and Beam, the restaurant won't give any money. You already paid them. But uh, um, I think these guys might. I'll have to talk to you about it privately, Todd. I'm gonna call, I'm gonna I'm gonna call her tomorrow. I just gotta get up to. I just I'm just. But I don't like, understand. You you can you can just say to her, look, you know, I, I got screwed out of hundred dollars. I have to spend another two hundred dollars. I didn't need to spend to hire a plumber for my building. Where I didn't want to bother the manager. So. Jeff, Jeff, were these guys twins? I don't what? think they were twins. No. No, no, Wait, no twins. twins. What? Uh, twinks. A uh, twinks. I I don't know. I didn't see them. Can is that a faggot term? I don't know. I don't follow that. Can shit. would you, would you say that these were like like uh like young cute bo- cute boys? Okay, I don't. I, this is like this is this is like what I used to hear from J.K. So you know, I, I, I don't mean J.K. Rowling. I, I'm just passing the message along, Ken. I'm just defining twinkle. Did you get that? Did you get that reference, Todd? Yes, I did. Okay. Well, all right, Ken. You're wasting a lot of money here. Precious okay, resources. Well, you know. I mean, you know, Ken, you, you've let these gay guys I, steal. Your co-host has been like, really? Is she like checking her text messages right now, or she's like so quiet? Is she like was, playing Angry Birds? Or <laughs> no, no, you know, Ken, what? I just, want, I just want to tell you here, you, you've let these gay guys steal four hundred dollars from you. You, you let these, uh, you let your this plumber, you, your your own building. You hired a plumber in your own apartment building and paid him with your own money. I mean, you can't waste money like this. I know, it's money I could use for... Why can't you just call the girl and be very nice to her and say, look, I got screwed over here, and if you could do anything to help me, just give me the name of these guys. And, and you know, if she's yeah, a decent... She says she hasn't seen this in high school, so she doesn't have... A, I guess she knows his name. Yeah, she knows his name. Oh, she knows the name, I guess. Yeah, to give people a background. She was in balls. Well, she was in on it. Wait, what don't you understand? Todd, Todd, I don't think she was yeah, in yeah, on to it. Give Todd, me, to Todd, give people Todd, a background. Todd, 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 what if this what if this guy's unlisted? Can you still find him? I, I can probably track him down. But listen, hang on, hang on. A second. I want to really? I want to give the audience a background here. The background is I, I said it on previous shows, but in case you missed the previous shows, uh, very quickly, Ken met a girl, a, a very large girl from a, a club that is dedicated to large girls. Took her to dinner. Which I'm not even into. I was just desperate that yeah, day to and, go. and he took her to dinner. And then some guys showed up. Not the same day. Some guys showed up who uh, one of them knew her from high school, or so he claimed. And then they all joined. You know, they joined the table there. And these guys drank and drank and drank a lot of expensive alcoholic beverages and ran up a bill of over four hundred dollars and then ditched. And Ken was stuck paying the whole bill. So my point is that Ken should call up 
this girl now, and since she knows one of these guys from high school, find out his name, and then we'll track him down. Because these guys definitely scam Kim. Okay, call, I'm going to give you her number, but I don't want to be on the air when you call her. Oh, all right. If, if, if you want, you can dial it in. You don't even have to say it out loud. You can dial no, it no, in. No, 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 no. Some of these nerds listening to the show might be able to read touch tones. There are <laughs> people that can do that beside you. Uh, I don't think so. Zipkin could, Cole could, other well, people. Well, can, can, you know? can you go to a computer and email me? Or do you uh, want to have to walk a block? Oh, no, I, I know what I can do. I can put you on hold to where I, uh, they can't hear you, and only I can hear you. I don't want, yeah, yeah. I'll do that here. Um, so we're going to get this but, number. But, but, i got to explain it. you got to be, you got to say, hey, uh, this guy who called you in a few weeks, what's her, you got to be nice and explain what's going on, and that's really damaged me, and that oh, you yeah, yeah, want to yeah. call her again. It's just, you know, no, no, I'm not, I'm not going to be hostile. Uh, the only way I'll be hostile is if she just tells me, F you, we're not giving the info. But I'll start I out nice. I need to know this guy's name. I mean, I want to know. It's I want to know who the guy is if she went to you know junior high, high school. I mean, I, I want my four hundred. I mean, I don't want all four. I just want what they their deal was probably about two seventy five, two eighty out of the four twenty five. I mean, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'll call up. Uh, it's Alvin Finkelstein actually. <laughs> oh, Alvin Finkelstein is going to call. Listen. Wait, this girl going to think she obviously tries. She obviously drives a car, so you tell her yeah. either uh, you, either you give me the money or next or next time you see your car, it'll be smashed with with no okay, 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 okay. I don't want to go after this girl. I want no, to go no, after we're not the guy we're not going to do that, that Ken. Ken, we're, we're, I'm going to call her up and I'll, I'll be polite about it. So what? what uh, Todd, wanna, Todd, Todd, when you call her, it's not going to be the, the callers on the show yelling to the peanut gallery. It's just going to be you, right? No, no, it'll it'll just be me. They won't be able to talk to her. No, right? they won't. No, I'll, I'll disconnect the call. I mean, the call is nice, but I mean, I, I think he, she'd wonder what the hell is yeah, going okay, on. Okay, so, I mean, so I haven't talked to this girl in like since last month. I just okay, like, so, really. So, Ken, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to take you off the show. And, I'm, and what if you get a voicemail? What if uh, you get a well, then I'll, then I'll have to call back another time. So, Ken, I'm going to take you off the show okay. right now. I'm gonna are you going to leave phone. a message? Or are you going to show a call ID or not? I, I can't. I'm going to call through the show, and it's going to just come up on a note. Uh, Ken, I'm going to put you on hold right now, but I'm going to still be able to hear you. So, uh... Let me know when I can get out the number. Okay. Ken, you're not on the air. Go ahead and... Go ahead, give me the number. Ken's giving me the number here. He needs to put a dime in the payphone, he's telling me. Nobody can hear you. Of course he does. Thank God he had enough change to make yes. it through this whole problem. Is he complaining or giving instructions? Um, you know, he, he gave, so you're back on the air, Ken. Nobody, nobody heard the number. What? No, no, nobody heard the number. No, 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 no. If, if, if I, uh, Todd, promise me nobody heard the number. I promise you nobody heard the number. I, I can tell you nobody heard it because uh, all we heard was Todd saying... What's the number? We never heard anything else. Okay. All right. Well, when you call her, I want I want to hang up first. Okay. One, one question about this. And who's going to call? You? Is you Todd or you is Alan Finkelstein? Because you think it's folks so will just hang up. Ken, one, one question for you here. One question. What? Um, what, uh, what race was this girl? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> It's not something I normally, or someone I, I should say something. It's not someone I normally date. It's not someone I normally date, but I just 
talk to her, and I don't know how it happened, but anyway. Hmm. She's definitely on it, definitely. If she's, if she's blonde. This really, black, this really doesn't matter. The, the, the only color that matters, Todd, is green. Getting my money back. Hmm. No money, that. less problems in this case. Yeah, I don't think that the uh, the person's race has anything to do with it. I highly disagree with those. Of yeah, one, one step always thinks so. If you want to see what the girls look like at this club, it's thebiggirlclub.com. Thebiggirlclub.com. No, I was just, uh, I just asked you, Ken, because... Flickr page, whatever the hell Flickr is. What's a Flickr? Yeah, I'm not going to tell anybody what you said as far as the name. Well, they're going to hear it anyway. Todd! Todd? Yeah? Todd? Todd, are you calling her tonight or are you calling her on the next show? I only talk to her because she looks like a total prostitute, okay? Todd? Yeah. Are you calling her tonight or are you calling her on the next show? No, we're going to call her tonight. Okay, can you let me know when you're about to call her so I can hang up? Yes, I'll give you ample warning. Okay. Is this what you said tonight? Is this what? Is this what you said that night at the club? Okay, all right, I didn't say that. Okay, Todd, this is really stupid. <laughs> this is why you're not on terrestrial radio. <laughs> That's why it's computer radio, not terrestrial radio. Not even ex-serious Melchizarian-run radio. Okay, Ken. Well, you know, uh, I, I am going to make the call here, so uh, I will let you go, and uh, I don't want to waste any oh more God. pressure. Any more Todd, Todd, the whole thing is not to make comments. The whole thing is get this guy's name. And are you going to say on the air? Because, I mean, no, I just no. need that guy's name. No, I'm not going to. There's, no, there's no requirement for me to say that. If she has his number, I mean, this has really been bothering me for a month. That's why I haven't called her. I just feel like four hundred twenty-five dollars. I mean, they're ordering double shots of Patron and all this dessert, and like it's just crazy. Yeah, we got, we got to put an end to this here. Got to track crazy. down these guys. It's crazy. Got to track okay, it, track them down and, and collect. They'll be the Poker Fraud Alert Collection Service. Todd. Yeah. Let me know what happens uh, uh, on email. Well, when 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 will the show be over, Todd? Uh, pretty soon. Okay, so is this like the end of the show? You calling this this lady? Yeah, and then we're going to talk about one more thing, and, and or actually, I don't know. Oh, really? Well, maybe well, maybe you have another hour, but something like that. Okay, I'll probably just call you tomorrow or late tonight. I'm kind of curious what I'm, something tells me after all this build up, it's going to be a voicemail. It might be. Half the people don't even answer their cell phones anyway. Well, it might be, but we'll give it a shot. Well, Ken, before uh, Todd hangs up with you, I just want to say thank you so much for calling in and playing the game with our listeners and being a good sport. No problem. I love helping out the world of poker. Even though I don't know anything about the rules and the mechanics, I just know certain players. Okay. <laughs> okay. And Phil Helmuth is and Phil Helmuth is very tall. Yes, he I is. I know that. <laughs> yes. Yes, he is, Ken. Okay. Thank you for calling in, Ken. We'll let you know what happens. Uh, uh. So that was Ken Scaler. Charles, can I ask you a question? Yes. Okay. Um, I, I'm not going to ask you the obvious question about the forms, but uh, I do have a question about the one thread you posted. Uh, if you can expand or uh, elaborate on the thread that you posted about uh, helping your friend that uh, got rear-ended uh, and had a lot of drugs on him, if you could maybe uh, elaborate on, on that whole situation. No, I, I don't really feel like it. You know, I, you can go read no, on the forum. You posted, listen, I, I know I did. Posted, I, you posted uh, a 500-word uh, essay there. So well, I, mean, I know. People can go read it. I'm not hiding it. You can go on my forum on 
PokerFraudAlert.com and Flying Stupidity, you can read a confession I posted about me picking up yeah. someone after a hit-and-run accident when they had drugs in their car yeah. four years ago. And you can yeah. you can go read about this, and uh, it's a true story, but I, I, I'm not going to say who it is, but it, it's not going to be too hard to I, figure I, out. I understand, I understand, but can you, can you maybe just give a, a, a demographic range? Uh, you know, say, say, you know, someone, you know, from the ages of, uh, you know, 21 to 30 or 30 to 35. I don't think that's necessary. I, I think it's pretty obvious who it is, and it's someone who is a male, of course, a poker player who lived in Las Vegas in 2008, and um, that was who relevant. Lives in Las Vegas. And so someone. He probably, he probably doesn't live in Las Vegas. No, I didn't say that. He, I'm just saying he lived then. Uh, I'm not saying where he lives now. But uh, I, I think it's pretty obvious from uh, a number of factors who I was talking about. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah, I, and, you know, I, mean, I, I agree. I agree that assessment. Uh, but uh, I understand this case. And that, that's one question with, with Anthony. Um, but the second question is, uh, will, will, will you allow uh, Martin Crackino ever on your show again? Uh, not for a while. Not for a while. No. Okay, that's, that's, I'm very, very sad to hear about that, but nevertheless. You, you uh, make up for it, so don't worry. Okay, I'm one step, we've, we've got to move on here, but uh, you know, thank you for your call. Uh, and, I uh, just, just one, one more question. Yes. One more question, Jeff, I, I promise. One more question. Uh, can you call the shots, or are you not able to? I don't know who you're talking about. The shots, Iceman. The Iceman, I don't have his phone number. But I, I think we can probably okay, we might be able if, to arrange through if Brandon. I don't talk to you, if, if I don't talk to you by before the before the holidays, I would like to wish you a happy new year. Okay. Um, th- thank you very much, One Step. Okay. All right. Have a great day. Thanks, One Step. One Step wishing me a happy Jewish New Year. He's not he's not wishing me the happy New Year 2013. He's wishing me a right. happy year, New Year uh, 5000 something. So uh, and congratulations, hockey guy. Uh, contact me. Contact me when. Uh, Whenever you get a chance about claiming your prize. Yeah, I'll, I'll put in the title about uh, the ten dollars, you know, so you'll know it's not one of my my whining PMCs. To yes. About other users. That's good to give that distinction. <laughs> okay. Th- thanks, hockey guy, and congratulations. <laughs> yeah, you know it happens so often that we just don't, we don't want to get mixed up enough, eh? Right. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, hockey guy. All right. Congrats, hockey okay. guy. So um, now we're going to call up this girl. Now, here's here's why I asked what race she was. Normally, I wouldn't even ask this, but uh, he said her name is Nini. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like he, he never even told me this detail. He just like told me of the girl, and I, I didn't even bother to ask him the race. But as soon as he said, as soon as he said her name was Nini, I, I just had to ask. I, I thought of like Shanene from the Martin show. And like, I don't know. It, it just, uh, I asked him what race she was, and he says, I don't want to talk about it. So I, I think we have the answer, but yeah, that's not really important to what happened here. It doesn't matter what race she is. It matters that she knows the identity of one of the people who scammed Ken. So Right, and I think her response will be um, very telling yeah, as to whether the, or not she was actually right. involved. Right. I've really been curious about this, if she's been in mm-hmm. on this or if she was just uh, I wouldn't say a victim, but kind of a, a bystander to this whole thing. So, we'll see if she answers. Uh, if, if we get her voicemail and if it says her phone number, we'll hang up before it reveals it. Got my finger on the hang-up button. Alvin Finkelstein will take this one. And after all this build-up, I think she's not going to answer. We may have to try next week earlier in the show. Because right now it's 10 o'clock. We can call her every week. Yeah. True. 
it's funny if she was listening to the show. She's like, oh, crap, I can't take this call. She's like <laughs> pulling a Templar. <laughs> a lot of rings. You have reached the Sprint voicemail box of three, two. No, I can't, uh, can't let that on the air. So, okay, I'm saving the number, and uh, we will try again next week. I had a feeling she may not answer tonight, but it is 10 o'clock, and, you know. And, Jeff, I actually do have to uh, cut at least my portion of this show a little short this evening. I apologize to the listeners. Um, I uh, My daughter is home with me tonight, and tomorrow is her first day of school. So I need to just do a little preparation with her. She's going into the eighth grade, and it's a big, exciting time, and we're just getting her ready. So I need to have at least a little time with her before bedtime. Oh, so are you, are you going now? or? Uh... Well, with that in mind, um, I, I, I could do just a, a couple of responses to a few of the folks that asked questions. And oh, go ahead. Ask Val's thread, and, and then I would say goodnight, and if you want to stay on the air. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll continue the show great. after you're gone uh, solo. And, uh, yeah, so go ahead and uh, do your segment, and then... Uh, you know, okay. I'll finish off the show myself. Um, I just want to mention real briefly that is it Matthias or Matthias? Um, he wanted to correct us. Uh, we had mentioned that uh, the cops in Sweden weren't solving very many crimes, um, and I think that you had said they only solve five percent of all crimes there. He corrected us and said they solve 84% of all murders in Sweden um, and that we should mention that on the air. So just a little retraction. Uh, I have, have no idea where he got his information, but um, 5% did sound pretty low. Yeah, yeah, it probably was. And uh, But I, I did read some websites that were really criticizing the police in Sweden and were saying that uh, they do have a low rate at solving violent crimes. And and I actually tweeted that back to him, and he said back, oh, that's just a sensationalist website. It, that website's trash. So I don't know what to believe. I, I don't keep that close tabs on Swedish news to know how many <laughs> crimes they're really solving. Right, right, do I. Well, and he didn't quote his source, so we'll, you know, we'll just credit him with that uh, percentage. And I, I don't know if that's correct either, but... Uh, 5% did sound extremely low, and that would be cause for alarm if they were only solving 5% of the crimes. So, yeah, that was pretty shocking. Um, just from a, a tweet from, uh, we could also call him Vegetera. I know that's his uh, twi- his Twitter that's name. That's right. And, and before you go on here, I want to quickly uh, give you a really quick update here. Uh, then you can go on with your segment. Now, do you think I'm going to talk about the Dodgers? I, I thought you were. I'm not. I actually have no clue what's going on with that game. <laughs> uh, maybe better, I don't know. But I keep uh, getting kicked out of the chat room, so yeah, I don't know. But what's going uh, on. what I was going to give the update on is I just was sent a link through the chat room actually that the charges against Poker Stars CEO or former CEO currently stepped down, which is kind of a sham, but CEO. Isai Scheinberg, also the guy who owns the most of Poker Stars, criminal charges have been dropped. Hasn't been verified, but that's the story making the rounds in the industry. That the Department of Justice is going to drop the criminal charges against Isai Scheinberg. I'm sure this disappoints Yebsite, who I, I think really wants to see Isai Scheinberg jailed. But uh, he will not be going to prison, most likely. Not surprising. This was just released today on CalvinArrow.com, an article by Peter Amsel, dated tomorrow, August 22nd. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we all predicted this. Yeah, breaking news on that. And uh, it said that he will probably have spent a billion dollars to the U.S. government by the time mm-hmm. everything's said and done as far as both uh, purchasing full tilt, paying a fine, and uh, whatever he needs to do to get Poker Stars a license to be in the U.S. market. So he's he's paying a pretty penny to the U.S. government. You know, over a billion dollars uh, is what's going to be what's being estimated right now when you, you add it all together. But he's not going to go to jail. So in a way, he does skate away uh, pretty clean considering that he thumbed his nose at the DOJ after the UIGEA was passed six years ago. So that that's the news here. I'm not going to talk about it much more right now, but that's the assumption right now, and that's what's being reported on CalvinAir.com. Anyway, uh, go ahead and uh, continue with your segment. Great. Well, thank you for that news. Nothing, uh, no big surprise there, I don't think. Um, no. A couple of comments from our listeners. Uh, Drexel's number one fan in the chat room, he said, uh, Vowels, we should be playing a song every hour on the show. Um, please bring this up with Jeff. I think what he's trying to say is, uh, you know, if we took a little break, um, every hour uh, we could uh, play a song and take a four or five minute break, give people a chance to stretch, go have a smoke, or go to the bathroom. Um, I, I do think that's a great idea, and we could pick our songs, um, or we could always play the same theme song, uh, which brings me to the next point, which was brought up by Bubbles. He says, can you ask Jeff about making a sound intro? And we actually do have a, a forum member who had created a song for us. Uh, have you heard it yet, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, I played it actually, I think last week to open the show. Okay. Well, I thought we could take a, you know, just a, a small piece of that and make that into an intro, or, you know, perhaps we can create something else. Uh, we do have some talented people on the forum, and... Uh, we could put something together, but it would be nice to have a sound intro, uh, the same one for every show. So people are just making, you know, constructive criticism, and I like to bring it up because I think that the show is still in that formation stage, and we can certainly use these suggestions. Uh, I, I agree with all the suggestions so far, including the one that was brought up um, on the forum in the Ask Vowels thread. BCR had posted that he thinks it's almost insulting that the vowels portion of the show is almost always about sexual issues. Um, he said that it doesn't have to be about blowjobs and obscure perversions. In fact, he'd, <laughs> he'd like to hear me talking about other issues. And uh, what do you think about that, Jeff? Yeah, I, I would. I'd like to get away from the sex thing. I, I'm not sure I want to get pigeonholed into that. Yeah, no, you don't have to be pigeonholed into that. You know what? This is like a freeform thing. Whatever you would like to talk about the most. And of course, it's natural to think well. I'm the female in a group of mostly males. Uh, they expect me to talk about sex, and you know, that's what they want to hear. But not necessarily. Uh, whatever interests you and whatever you think would be a good topic of discussion, uh, feel free to do. Uh, no expectations for me on that as far as what the topic has to be. It's, it's all up to you. Well, I, I mean, that's great. I I know it's kind of up to me, and um, it's good to get some input from the listeners. So thanks to everybody who did post constructive criticism and suggestions. Keep them coming. Um, I, I read them all, and uh, I will take them, you know, to heart. Really, I didn't have too much uh, that wasn't sexual in terms of what people had posted in the thread, but uh, Limitless had asked a question. He said, Dear Vowels, uh, on, on marriage, smart, funny, and good-looking versus uber-rich. Well, 
That's a good question because uh, if you had asked me that a few years ago, I would have said smart, funny, good-looking every time. But I have a good friend who married a multimillionaire. And as with many marriages, the, the marriage went south. Things didn't work out. She had a child from this guy and uh, subsequently divorced him and ended up with half of his fortune. Now, she does have to put up with him, and he's kind of a pain in her ass because he's the father of her child, but she's also she also never has to work another day in her life. When you think about it, you know, you spend a couple of years with somebody, and in exchange you basically become a millionaire and you didn't really have to do much except for sleep with somebody that at the time you thought you loved that's kind of a a good trade-off what do you think Jeff? would you would you go in for that arrangement well uh you know i i would actually feel dishonest doing that you know if if, if there was a woman if i well, were if to you knew up front that that's what you were doing but you know she didn't at the time she really thought she was oh. marrying this guy and it was going to work out you know I, i've always felt this this has just always been my opinion about uh, divorce settlements in general I think you know, if somebody is with someone else for a very long time, like you have a couple that's together for 30 years, and and uh, and then they get a divorce, and uh, there I think the woman should get a lot. She shouldn't be forced to go live in some cheap apartment just because she didn't make any of the money. But uh, I hate the situation where like short or semi-short marriages, where one person, usually the man, not always, but usually, uh, makes a lot of money. The other person had really nothing to do with that money being made. The marriage ends, and in a lot of states it doesn't matter the reason. It could be totally the fault of the person who didn't have the money. And the person who... And when the divorce happens, the uh, the one with the money is forced to give up half of what they made during the time they were together. So uh, let, let's put this you know hypothetically. Let's say you, when I say you, I mean anybody who who's listening to this show, goes and plays the World Series main event. And uh, you know, before they play the main event, they get married. Maybe a year before. Then they play the okay. main event. They win it. They win $9 million. A year later, their marriage doesn't work out. They get a divorce. And let's just say it isn't work. not just the marriage doesn't work out. Their, their spouse cheats on them. And they get a divorce. Okay. Well, you're, you're stuck giving the person half of that $9 million dollars as a well, reward for, che- for cheating on you. In a lot of states. And in, in, in yeah. the states where it's not that way, then there's this long, complicated thing where, where one person's trying to outlawyer the other to, to prove that, you know, one person cheated on the other, the other one's mentally cruel or physically cruel or emotionally cruel. The, the whole thing is, is a big mess. And I, I just feel, in general, it's unfair that in a short marriage, that if one person makes a lot of money, that they should have to give up half. Because the spirit of this is that a couple who's together a long time, regardless of who makes the money, if they get a divorce, they should just split their assets down the middle because they've you know, spent their life together. And that's fine, and I can get behind that, but not, not in these short marriages. Not if someone's together f- five years or fewer, that, and, and one of the people happened to make a lot of money during that time. I don't feel the spouse should be entitled to that. I don't, I don't feel anybody should ever get rich from a short marriage. And, well, it's uh, complicated. I mean, what if uh, the spouse has the child and they're the, the custodial parent? Well, but that's a child support matter. That's well, you don't want your child living in you know substandard conditions. Well, I, I'm not saying substandard, but uh, you know, but at some point you're paying the spouse to take care of the child in a manner in which you want them to live, which well, means they, but that you want to pay you know for a very nice house and in a nice neighborhood and a good school and all of those things, and you end up 
by proxy uh, supporting the ex-spouse in uh, you know a very uh, grandiose style. Well. I, that's the point. Is I, I think that should be up to the person. If you want your kids to continue living in what's you know you call a grandiose style, then fine. Then voluntarily give the money for that. But I, I don't think that just because your parent, your, just because your kids live in a five million dollar mansion uh, when you're married, that when you get a divorce, that uh, it would be a terrible thing if they, if they move into a house worth five hundred thousand dollars. You know, it's, it's not like you're sending them on the street or, or forcing four people into a one bedroom apartment. Uh, there's there should be a limit to this. There should be. You shouldn't just say you're living a rich lifestyle now. You have to continue living a super rich lifestyle no matter which parent you're with. That that, that doesn't help the kids. In fact, in some cases, I think it hurts them. And and yeah. again, if somebody's with their spouse a long time, then that's a different story. I, I just hate people getting rich from a short marriage. I don't care if it's the male or the female. I just don't think it's fair. And and mm-hmm. I I actually wouldn't want to get rich from a short marriage. You know, to a woman, if let's say I, I married a woman who had a lot more money than me, and, and or made a lot more money than me in a short period of time when we were together, and uh, you know, and I, I could collect a lot of money from her. You know, even if she uh, did something bad, like cheated on me or something, I'd be pissed. But I, I still wouldn't feel like I was entitled to collect a lot of money off of her. I'm just that's like I wouldn't feel it's right. It's a, well, you know, I would go so far as to say that so many women enter into marriages with wealthy men. And, and and let's face it, they they're doing it for the money. It's pretty much legal prostitution. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, there, there's definitely a lot of cases of that. And but but because we know that, I'm surprised that more people don't sign prenuptial agreements. Well, yeah, um, a lot of people are afraid that they uh, that they're like anti-romantic or that they're you know showing that you don't trust the other person or predicting a divorce and. You know it is hard, and I and I can understand these arguments, and I can also understand when you think you're you're with the person that you're going to be with for the rest of your life. It's sometimes hard to picture. I I remember my first girlfriend. I was with her for two and a half weeks, and for the for the majority of those two and a half weeks, it, it felt like everything was so perfect. I couldn't ever picture us breaking up. And then the last it lasted two and a half weeks. Right, so, you're so, in the love fog. Yeah, so um, that's another reason people don't do prenuptial agreements, but. Uh, and I think if but that's all the more reason to do one, yeah. because you know you're going to be in a love fog, and you know you you know that it's going to pass. <laughs> How many people stay married? What's the divorce rate? It's still about fifty percent, a little bit less than that. I, I yeah, something like the that. US. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty bad, and it's a lot of times it's very hard to predict if if it's going to work out or not. Um, of course, you know the younger you get married, the the bigger chances that it's not going to work out. But uh, um, yeah, a lot of marriages that. People who are not young don't work also, and uh, if you don't have very much money and, and you don't expect either person to have very much money, then it's not that important because you're not protecting a lot of money here. It's if one person has a lot more money than the other, or not really about the money, but their earning potential. If one has a lot more earning potential than the other, uh, then it is important. Otherwise, you're going to have massive battles when you get uh, when you end up getting a divorce, and, and basically. It's uh, basically it's just agreeing. Hey, you know, I'm not going to screw you over. You're not going to screw me over. We're going to be fair to each other, and that, that, that's what. And I, I admit it's not romantic at all. I admit it's it's not a pleasant thing to deal with. But I, I think for the alternative is a lot worse for not doing it, uh, and it can create a lot of bitterness. And especially if there's kids involved, the last thing you ever want when you have kids and you get a divorce is having bitterness between the two parents because even if you try not to involve the kids 
they see it and it affects them and it can mess them Absolutely. up. Absolutely. And, and they really do pay the price more than, than the adults do. FTP Jesus posted that uh, he thinks the divorce rate varies uh, by age. He says the split is at age 25. Below 25, the rate is over 60%. Above that, it's around 40%. He's not citing a source, but that sounds about right to me. Yeah, I yeah. It's, that's it's, that's it's, right. It's, yeah, it's much worse. I mean, that's because people just change in, the, in those ages, especially I think yeah. it's even worse recently because um, – in, in the old days, a lot of people got married early, and uh, it was just kind of a different mentality. You, you establish everything in your life early and just kind of uh, put up with whatever happens from there. Y- yes, there were still a lot of divorces, but you, you've, now a lot of people, they, they feel like they're missing out. They get married early, and then they change, and then they feel like they've missed out on life. They missed out on being young and crazy and having fun, and, and, and then they start to resent their partner or, or their partner is different than they were, you know, the two people grow different because they're still changing a lot, you know, emotionally at that age. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I advise everybody to wait until you're over 25 to get married and, and, and preferably over 30. And uh, Yeah, I think so because I think a lot of people don't even really know themselves until they're over 30. Um, and some people never do, but yeah. <laughs> at least you have a better shot at it. Um, but really, in answer to your question, Limitless, for me personally, I've never coupled for money. I've always coupled with guys that I thought I was madly in love with, and in every case, they didn't have any money. So. <laughs> and I can't say it was a wise decision. Um, it probably was stupid on my part, but uh, I guess I was a hopeless romantic back then. Now I'm not so sure. I don't I don't know if I believe that relationships can last a lifetime Um it might be against human nature to, to make that happen. I think probably a very small percentage of people make it last a lifetime and really are happy the whole way through. So I'm not sure if I would advise anyone to get married, but if you do get married um, and you have a lot of money, do a prenup. That would be my advice for sure. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and this is actually coming from a woman on the show here. That's, uh, yeah. That's, that's yeah. impressive. But uh, yeah, of course, let me tell you something that also – if you marry for money, unless you think you're going to get a divorce in a few years and and you know roll the person for you know half of whatever they made if, if that's your plan, but if if you think you're just going to marry for money and just deal with the unhappiness of who you're with because the money will make you happy, it's not going to work that way. Uh, you're you're going to end up wishing that you were actually with someone that you really would like to be with, and and you'd rather be with someone with little money that you actually. You know, love and, and want to be with, and, and someone who has a lot of money that you don't really like. So, uh, absolutely, it, 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 yeah. The bottom line is that it's nice to have a lot of money, but that isn't going to make you feel romance or love, or it's not even going to make you like the person. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's uh, a lot of people underestimate how unhappy it makes you to live with someone that uh, that you really don't like very much, or, or or even have a relationship with someone that you really don't care for or care about very much. It can it can drain you. So uh, you should never do that or you're going to have trouble, even if you think you won't. So that, 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 that's my advice from uh, <laughs> years of experience here. Marital advice from... Even though I've never been Josh. married. But uh, um, anyway. Uh, Very good. Well, FTP well, Jesus says, I, I says, thought that was an interesting topic. I don't know if it was boring to the listeners, but I think... Uh, do, would you say the majority of our listeners are married? Uh, that's a good question. I, I think that uh, the majority have been married. Uh, I think there's some that got divorced. 
we do have an older demographic than I think we used to over on the other site. Uh, we, we we have a lot of people in their 30s, 40s, and even 50s, and I think even the uh, people like Six-Toed Pete over 60, though we don't have that many of those, but uh, we don't have that many people under 30 listening like we used to. We have some, but not like the majority like it used to be. And so likely, if they're not married, they're in serious relationships. Yeah, or uh, and I and I I do hear from a lot of users that you know don't really publicly talk about their life very much, which uh, on these forums is probably wise because people use everything you say against you. <laughs> but uh, but eventually it comes out that even people you would expect not to be married uh, tend to be. So I think we have a lot of uh, a lot of married people here and. Uh, a lot of people with kids too. It's, it's funny, like you see, post people post all this like vulgar stuff out here, and you find out they have like three kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think I've been guilty of that, especially with some of the photoshops I've created over the years. But uh, you know, we don't show our kids those things, and then hopefully they don't discover them when they start to explore the internet. And you know what happened? You know what happened to me actually with uh, assuming people's ages here? It's like the reverse has happened. When I first started playing online poker. I was uh, I was tw- almost 29. It was the beginning of 2001, and uh, you know, as years passed, like you know, middle of last decade, I was in my early to mid 30s, and I just pictured everyone else at the table being my age, or sometimes even older, and then I'd meet them, and I meet all these kids, and I'm like, what the hell? And it turns out like I'm like way older than all these other online players I played with. Like like being 30 at the table makes you ancient. So I got <laughs> used to that. So now on this site. I see people that I, I haven't met or haven't seen pictures of, and I assume, okay, these are kids who are 24 years old, whatever, and then I find out they're like 45. Like, I'll make some kind of condescending comment to them of, of oh, you didn't live in my time. You wouldn't understand this commercial. Like, I'm older than you. I'm like, what? <laughs> right. I've seen that happening more lately yeah. than ever before. So, but um, it's good. It's good. Uh, at least uh, we know that people might have shown up when the poker boom occurred, but they stuck around. Yeah, and I, w- I want to give credit here to... Uh, uh, Darkstar, who made an interesting comment in the chat. Not, not, I, won't, I don't want to give credit for this comment, but I, I'll, I'll read it, and then I want to give credit for something else. He said, my kids are smart enough to figure out their mom was a hoe. <laughs> yeah, and they do. They know. But, they know but, if their dad's an abusive alcoholic. They know if their mom is sleeping around. Yeah. But, they, they know what's going on. But I, I do want to give him credit for being uh, our only sponsor, BracketGeek.com. Check it out. You can... Set up whatever you want to vote for. Have your friends do it just you know, just for fun, like like bracket style voting, almost like like an NCAA bracket, except instead of teams, they're like voting questions. And uh, bracketgeek.com, totally free. Check it out. They're, they're our only sponsor, and we appreciate it. And uh, you know, Darkstar, his comment about the kids are smart enough to figure out their mom was a hoe. Um, I actually remember meeting a girl that definitely was. It was that situation. I, I was visiting a friend up in Sacramento. This was almost 20 years ago. And uh, I, I met a friend of his, a female. Yeah, very nice girl, very pretty girl. And uh, what was interesting was that she had like a, a real like white trash background. But especially her mom. Her mom was like, like a white trash slut. And... She just, she, I was a stranger to her, but all she could do was, was tell me about how much she didn't respect her mom. That, that, that's you know, so and, and that, but what was good is that instead of uh, having it ruin her, she actually learned from the negative example of her mom and was the opposite. So this girl was actually very respectable and didn't sleep around and didn't do drugs. And like, like this was, uh, she actually is one of those kids who saw a parent who was a bad example and was so disgusted by it 
that she became the opposite. And I've known other kids that have been like that. Now, so, a lot of times it doesn't happen that way, but it's interesting when kids actually learn from what I call the anti-example, when the, right. the parent is so uh, has so many problems that the kid recognizes it and says, wow, I'm going to become the opposite of that. Well, in many ways, that's what happened to me. Um, although I don't want to paint my mother in a completely negative light. She had some great things about her, but I definitely didn't want to be anything like her when I was a kid. I made a conscious decision not to be like her. Yeah, so I, I guess that happened. So that was a, But when Dark Star said that, I immediately thought of that girl because that was like our topics of conversation. I couldn't believe, like, you know, like she goes and criticizes her mother to me. And I, I couldn't imagine meeting a stranger and criticizing my mother. And not that I have bad things to say about my mother, but... Uh, but uh, even if I did, I, I wouldn't just like go off to a stranger. But I guess she was so bothered. She was by passionate it. about it. <laughs> yeah, and in, fa- in fact, what was going on with her mother that night? I guess her mom was just with some guy, some new guy, having sex with him, and her mom was just gone that night. Like, Ugh. so that's <laughs> that's what brought it up. But uh, anyway, uh, interesting topic brought up. And uh, do you have to go now? It is almost ten thirty. I do. Thank you, Limitless, for the interesting topic uh, that we got more mileage out of that than I thought we would. And thanks, everybody. I'm sorry I have to cut out a little early tonight. I'll make it up to you next week. Okay, and uh, thank you, Vals, for being on the show. And I'll, I'll finish this off solo. And uh, um, next week, stay tuned for the announcements about uh, what's going to happen with Drexel. We'll find that out in a few days when I have a discussion with him. And uh, whatever it is, the show will go on, whether he stays or goes. But I, I hope he stays. And uh, Val, is he still here? I think she thinks she hung up, so I'll just I'll just hang up on her. I'll just uh, <laughs> we're, hearing, we're hearing typing. She doesn't realize she's still on. Okay. So all right. Um, by the way, I'll answer one question. This came from Own Mattisau. Would Druff marry Annie Duke and fuck that nasty stank for half of her millions? No. I would never marry Annie Duke under any circumstances, nor would I have sex with her. No, for many reasons. Anyway, uh, let me finish off with the topic I was talking about before we uh, had the Ken Scaler call. And then we'll see what we want to talk about and whether I should end the show. Um, I want to finish about the uh, underground card room that uh, got busted and the conviction being reversed because that judge decided poker is not gambling. Remember, we were talking about the rule of lenity, which is that if uh, a law is ambiguous, a criminal law we're talking about, that you have to give credit to the side of the defendant, saying the law is not specific enough, so therefore you're innocent. Even if you're not really innocent, if the law doesn't specifically say you're guilty, then you're innocent as far as we're concerned, and we're letting you off. That's basically what happened here. So the thing that the PPA got all excited about is that the basis of this verdict was that this judge, who's a federal judge, felt that poker is not gambling. And uh, this judge's name is Jack B. Weinstein. And uh, a lot of people think he's like an activist judge. And he has a reputation of being pro-plaintiff in civil cases and pro-defendant in criminal cases, which he definitely was here. And uh, a lot of people think this whole thing about the rule of lenity applying to the uh, to this... Illegal Gambling Business Act of 1955 is stupid, and that it's not going to have any kind of bearing on online poker. 
Now let me say this. None of you had heard before of the Illegal Gambling Business Act, IGBA of 1955, because it never comes up because it has nothing to do with online poker. Uh, the one the laws having to do with online poker were the 1961 Wire Act and the 2006 uh, UIGEA. So even if this judge felt that poker isn't gambling and therefore it didn't apply to the IGBA because it doesn't mention poker, that doesn't mean that uh, the UIGEA is the same thing. Even for this judge, even if this judge was evaluating the UIGEA, that doesn't mean that he would see that the same way. I, I haven't looked at the UIGEA recently, but I believe it actually mentions poker. So there is no rule of lenity there, if that's true. If, it's, if poker is mentioned the, in the UIGEA, which I believe it is, then this rule of lenity he's talking about wouldn't apply because poker is mentioned. And someone in the chat can tell me if I'm wrong about this. But uh, this was a live home game, as, as was being said in the chat. It's a, like an underground card room. I wouldn't call it a live home game, but it's a underground card room, not uh, not an online gambling situation. And the PPA, I, I think, is just fishing for something to show that their efforts to get online poker legalized on the basis of poker not being gambling has been a good strategy. I think they're trying to say, ah, look, it's, it's happening, it's finally happening, a federal judge has ruled that poker isn't gambling. No. A federal judge did not rule that. A federal judge ruled that, number one, he feels that poker is more of a game of skill than it is gambling, and that the IGBA, which has nothing to do with online gambling, the, Inter the Illegal Gambling Business Act, does not prohibit running skill games for money. That's what he was saying. Now, that's good news for people who want to run underground card rooms in New York, but it really doesn't have much to do with online poker. I, I think it's slightly good in that it's starting to show a shift in the thinking about poker, that if more and more people think this, who are in a power to make laws or rule in landmark cases, that poker is a skill game and not a gambling game, then that's a very good thing for the future of online poker being legalized in the U.S. I'll give it that. But this is not going to be a landmark case. I, I highly doubt that, especially because it's not about online poker at all. And uh, just because this one judge feels that poker isn't gambling, or it's not more gambling than it is skill, and then applies it to this uh, underground live card room, I, I don't think it's going to have very much bearing. And you have to understand that the PPA loves to make a lot of noise about anything that looks like it's in their favor. And since they actually got involved in this case, they didn't just comment after the fact. Like, I'm commenting after the fact. I had nothing to do with this case. I, I didn't learn about it till today. But uh, the PPA was involved the whole way. The PPA helped this guy with his defense. And they always look for things to claim that what they're doing is having an effect. I remember I once had an argument with Rich Muni, the engineer, about what the PPA has done. And one of the things he claimed the PPA had done was legitimize poker in the eyes of the public. That poker used to be looked at as a seedy activity, and now the public sees it as a legitimate activity. And I said, the PPA didn't do that. Chris Moneymaker did it. The World Poker Tour did it. The 
online poker and, and regular poker boom, you know, the whole poker boom of the 2000s, that did it. The PPA didn't do it. By the time the PPA came into existence, everyone loved poker. Like, what are you talking about? You, The PPA made poker seen as a legitimate game. No, you didn't. The PPA had nothing to do with that. But, like, that shows you... The fact that they would claim something like that, that just shows that PPA just loves to take credit for whatever they can. It's too bad because when I heard the PPA, when I heard of the PPA, when I first heard what they were trying to do, I I was in support very much of the whole idea of having an organization that lobbies for online poker law, you know, changes to online poker law that's uh, positive change for the U.S. online poker player. But uh, I haven't liked the organization. I don't think it's run properly at all. I think that they're very inflexible. I think they're very arrogant. I think they refuse to adjust when their tactics aren't working. I think they refuse to take constructive criticism. All they want to do is argue with you if you if you dare suggest something that's outside of what they want to do. Or if you dare criticize what they're doing. They never step back and say, hey, maybe we're going about this the wrong way. Hey, maybe that's a good idea. Let's do it your way. Let's try it your way. No, they never want to do that. They never want to try it your way. And I, I don't care about me personally. I don't care if they take my ideas. They, they don't want to take anyone's ideas. You won't find a single post on 2 plus 2 where the PPA admits that they were wrong, admits that they did something wrong, admits that someone else's suggestion is a good one, even though it contradicts what they first wanted to do. You'll never see them say that. And that's very bad for an organization. So, they've had no success, they've had no results, and in the world of lobbying, this is a lobbying organization, and in the world of lobbying, you're a success if you get laws changed. You're a failure if you don't get laws changed, and there's no in-between. There's no A for effort in lobbying. You either get it done or you don't get it done. Sometimes it takes time, but they've had six years. So, they also had a conflict of interest as being brought up in our chat by FTP Jesus. Uh, he says they were funded by the sites themselves, like uh, Full Tilt, Poker Stars, UB, and others. And they had a conflict of interest, and that's very true. That was another one of my problems. Now, that problem's kind of gone away because of uh, Black Friday, but... Uh, that was another thing, was that they were too influenced by the big poker sites who were giving them all the money, and they were careful never to step on those sites' toes. It seemed like the PPA was terrified of getting online poker legalized in the U.S. without including sites like PokerStars and Full Tilt. So they were very careful never to push it in that direction. They were very careful always to push it towards allowing the existing sites to have a license. And as you see with Full Tilt, that would have been a horrible idea. They don't deserve to have a license. I mean, I guess current Full Tilt does, because uh, PokerStars owns them, but... Um, hey, you know what? I, I shouldn't even say that. I don't think PokerStars deserves a license. Not that they, they've they done anything dishonest, but they broke the law for six years and, and had a six-year head start on American companies that were forced out of the market. And it's not fair that when they had this head start and they got to make all this additional money that they should be able to come in with this advantage because they broke the law. 
even if it's a law I don't agree with. Uh, they, they, they just have an unfair advantage over the companies that were following the law. So that's the reason I don't think they deserve a license. But that's a, another discussion at another time. Someone's telling me PokerStar is still the sugar daddy. I, it, wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I haven't followed where they're getting their money these days since Black Friday. I'll admit that. But uh, anyway... I'm not going to go through a whole long rant about the PPA, but I'll, I'll just tell you that I don't think this case matters very much. And there's a small chance it will, and it's a good sign that there are some judges thinking this way. But we're not there yet. We're not even close. AJ Trigger says in the chat room, UIGEA does not mention poker at all. Okay. Possible. I it's been a long time since I read it. So if it doesn't mention poker, then I, I guess the rule of lenity could be applied, but unfortunately this judge is not the only one it's not up to him. He was just the one uh, ruling on that particular appeal. I think we still have some time until we see legalized online poker. And nobody wants to see legalized online poker as much as I do. I I'm stuck at home a lot. When I say stuck, I'm not saying this necessarily negatively, but uh, you know, when you're a father of a young child, you uh, you end up spending a lot more time at home. And I, I would love to have legalized online poker. And it's even more important to me now than it was in the past. I just don't think we're going to see it. I think it's uh, going to take some time. I think it'll occur on the state level, but uh, federally, it's going to take a while. All right, so uh, people say they want to hear a prank call to the nugget. We'll, we'll give it a shot. We will give it a try. Let me see here. I, I have some numbers. The general number, I have the Asian marketing executive. I don't know if that person would be there, though. We have the Asian marketing executive. We have the cas- a casino host. We have another casino host. I have all their cell phone numbers. Now, these look like these are cell phones that were all given by the uh, the casino. It doesn't look like personal cell phones, but cell phones nonetheless. What the hell? I think we'll have to do an Alvin Finkelstein call. It's called the Asian Marketing Executive. I can't I can't resist that one. I mean, that one's just begging for a prank call after what happened here. Now, unfortunately, I bet she's already gotten a lot of calls. I think it's a she. Tay Chang is the name. And what the hell? Let's give it a call. Calling Tay Chang, the Asian marketing executive for the Golden Nugget. If we can't reach any of these people individually, we'll call uh, the main number. Hello? Uh, hello, my name is Alvin Finkelstein. I'm calling for a Tay Chang. Who's this? Uh, my name is Alvin Finkelstein. I'm actually a, an attorney for uh, an individual who uh, wants to come and play at the uh, the Nugget in Atlantic City. And uh, I actually was going to call you before, but um, we were a little bit distracted over the, uh, the unfortunate news 
of, of what's occurred there in the Baccarat area, and I, I just want to get some assurances that uh, if my client, uh, who's a rather high-end client, comes into play at the Golden Nugget, that he's not going to uh, run into the same sorts of liabilities. How do you get my number? Oh, I, I have a, a I, I have a resource of, of, of a lot of different phone numbers of uh, whatever my clients need. Uh, as I said, my, my client is actually a, uh, a high stakes gambler. He actually uh, he owns a chain of, of restaurants in Kentucky, and uh, I, I was told that uh, you were the Asian marketing director. Is that true? What? Yeah. Yeah, so 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 I, I was given the number. Uh, I I basically have a file of um, influential people to speak to in various industries, and uh, I, I have your number there. And I was told you were a good one to talk to because my it, it's just a coincidence that um, my my client actually wanted to come to the Nugget to play. He he heard it was a good place to play, uh, but then he shied away from it ever since hearing about the news, especially hearing about some uh, accusations of persecution against uh, against Chinese people. And um, I, I wanted to check out the situation for him. He said he wants me to, to see if, uh, if, if they're treating Chinese people the way that's being alleged, or if this is the media blowing it up, and, uh, and what kind of assurances he could have that he could... Uh, um, play in peace and keep whatever money he wins because he's a, uh, you know, he he has some superstitions as it is and he doesn't want to have to worry on top of the superstitions that um, you know that that we're going to have a problem with, with if he wins money that they're going to take it away because they didn't shuffle the cards right or something to that order. I mean, I think uh, so. I mean, so I mean, what are you trying to say? Well, um, uh, you, you're aware of what occurred there, I'm sure, right? At the Baccarat thing, where where people were not allowed to uh, cash out their money because they uh, um, they were accused of of cheating in some way just because the cards weren't shuffled. That, that's I mean, this has nothing to do with me, you know. Well, you you, do, you do work for the Nugget, isn't that correct? Yeah, but there's nothing to do with me. Well, I'm not blaming you for that. I'm saying that uh, since you're the Asian marketing director, I have I have a client here. Who wishes to play at the no, nugget? No, I think uh, I think you got a different number. I got, how, how did I get a different number if I, I reached someone who works at the Nugget? Who you're the Asian marketing director? How did I get the wrong number? No, I, I'm not director, you know. Well, who are you? Somebody. I'm the Asian marketing, but I'm not charged Asian marketing. Oh, you're okay. You're fine. You're 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 in Asian marketing. I uh, maybe I had the title wrong, but I would say that you have uh, you must have some sort. I mean, of I, I don't know why you call me, but there's nothing to do with me. Nothing, well, what occurred to me now? Could could you perhaps I mean, go to the Nugget and? I mean, could now you, get a, you call me like a talker. I mean, could, could I don't you, know why you call this because well, you're not called. That's called main number. Well, okay. Maybe you could get a. Uh, first of all, uh, I apologize for the late phone call, but I. I, I come to believe that the casino types are up 24 hours and don't keep a, a typical schedule of 9 to 5. When I've tried to call during business hours, I typically don't get anybody in these sort of situations. So I apologize if I woke you up. But but if I can ask you here, would you be able to go to whoever uh, is your boss and maybe get an assurance that, uh, that it, no matter how the cards are shuffled, that whatever my client wins, he's going to get to keep, no matter what, it, provided he's not cheating or breaking any laws. That, that I mean, that's, I told you, that's nothing to me. I don't know why. What, how did you get the, uh, the answer? But I, just, uh, I don't know about that. 
But when you work there, can't you go to someone that you work for and say, can we get this assurance as part of a marketing effort? No, I don't know why you call me this, but you call just uh, Golden Nugget. But but you work for the the Golden Nugget. I know, I know, but this is different department. Okay, okay. But let okay. me ask you a more marketing question. Um, my 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 client actually went, he's, he wants to stay at the Nugget, and before he gambles, he would like two chickens, one being cooked and one being raw. Would you be able to arrange that? I, mean, I don't know why. I mean, what's the number? I, I didn't see a number here. He, he believes it's good luck. Uh, the, the phone number here is is seven seven five. Three seven two eight three five five. I don't know why you call me like this, but just call Golden Nugget, and there's nothing to with me. Well, what, 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 what could you do? Well, that's, that's why I moved on. That's why I'm asking about the chickens. Okay. Could you at least, if you can't guarantee the safety of his gambling, could you at least guarantee the chickens? I mean, why do you have to answer that? I mean, well, because this is important to my client. Now, personally, I like my chickens. I mean, you know, you, okay, you I like my chickens well done, number. but the main, but, main number. But you, but uh, but if I call the I main number, the answer, if I call okay? the main number and say, and said to the operator, I want I my mean, client to I have, mean, I want my client to have raw chicken. They're going to laugh at me. My my, you know, they're not going to want to provide my client with raw chickens. We need somebody with some influence in the market. Oh, he hung up. Okay. <laughs> The funny thing is, this guy kept telling me, I don't know why you're calling me, but what was his job? I mean, he's the Asian marketing director. You would think that, uh, I mean, you would, you would think this would fall in his wheelhouse there, with, with getting the two chickens, one raw, one cooked. His name was Tay Chang, by the way. Asian marketing executive. All right, I'm going to call a, a casino host here. We're going to call up uh, Mindy Harrigan, see what she says about this. I'm going to get to the bottom of this one. Hey, you know what? It's a good idea in the chat room. Maybe I'll say that uh, Scotty Wynn is my client. Problem is, it's like almost two in the morning. Hi, you've reached the voicemail of Mindy Harrigan, casino host at the Golden Nugget Atlantic City. I'm sorry I'm unable to answer your call right now, but if you will please leave me your name, telephone number, and a detailed message, I will get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you. Please enter your password. Okay, let me try a uh, different phone number here. I'm going to try Donna Diana. She's so nice, they named her twice. Donna Di Donna Diano, with two first names. Let's see what she has to say about this at 2 in the morning. Yeah, people are suggesting I hack the answering machine, but I was afraid I'd be successful, and then I'd be breaking the law. I'd be like presenting the evidence of it like right after anyone wants to listen, so... I can't hack voicemail on the air. Hi, this is Donna Diana, casino host at the Golden Nugget in Atlantic City. Please leave me your name, number, and a brief message. I will return your call as soon as possible. Thank you and have a great... All right. We're going to have to call the main number. I've had enough of this. We're going to have to get some answers here. My client, he all he wants is a few chickens and a fair game. 
Donna Diana. Come on. I had the song ready, Donna, by Richie Valens, in case you answered. Um, yes, uh, hello, this is Alvin Finkelstein. Um, I, I need to find out, um, I don't know what department I would need for this, but I have a client who really wants to come and play high stakes at the Nugget here, but he's afraid, given the recent publicity about those uh, Asian gentlemen who were um, gotten some sort of trouble for uh, playing with unshuffled decks. He wants to be assured this is not going to happen to him. And I also have a separate request that uh, he stay at the hotel and that he uh, he's delivered one raw chicken and one cooked chicken before he uh, he gambles. Uh, I, I assume these would be two different departments. Who can I speak to about this? Either one of these uh, things? I'll take you to the manager's desk and they can refer you from there. How's that? All right. Have you ever heard of these type of requests where people get a raw chicken and a cooked chicken? No. Oh, well, hopefully um, they can make this happen. Yeah, there's a first time for everything. Sure. Gold is new again. On the front desk. Yes, I'm not sure exactly when I reach here. You, what, what front desk is this? Oh, the front desk. Oh. All right. I, I guess I'll start with my question first. I, I have a client who um, is a high roller, and he's never been to the Nugget before, and he's actually planned uh, a trip out to the to the Atlantic City area and wants to gamble here. Um, he's having me check out the situation given uh, the negative press that's uh, been going around regarding the uh, the Baccarat, uh the lawsuit that's happening. And um, you know, my client does like to play Baccarat, and he wants to make sure that everything's okay. But separately, and this is a totally separate matter from the uh, Baccarat incident, uh, he also wants to yeah. stay at the hotel, and he, and he wants delivered to his room within an hour of when he gets there a raw chicken and a cooked chicken. I, I don't know why, but that's his request. Would, would that be able to be done? That should, that's at the discretion of our room service department. I don't know if they'll do the raw chicken, though. You see, that's, it's very important to him. And, in fact, he, he actually, I, I feel embarrassed saying this, but he actually wants uh, at least 25% uh, of the feathers on still to be on the bird when he gets it. Uh, we don't get our chickens like that. But you know what? Let me transfer you over to our room service department. You can speak to one of the managers there, and they can see if they can get that done for you. Okay, I'll, I'll speak to the room service, then I need to speak to someone about the gambling issue. Entertaining atmosphere at Grotto, or dive into a raw delight at Lily's Noodles Asian Cuisine. going to find out what kind of service I can expect if I ever go to the Nugget. With fresh handcrafted signature sushi or sashimi. Whatever flavor you're looking for, the Golden Nugget has it. Visit GoldenNugget.com to make reservations. High up at the marina. High up at the marina. Atlantic City was voted one of the finest marinas in the Northeast. Guests will experience all the amenities the Golden Nugget has to offer, including great dining, entertainment, gaming, and nightlife. Dockside amenities include water, cable, electricity, and access to the outdoor pool. Join us this season on the marina at the Golden Nugget, where everything gold is new again. Drink up overlooking the marina at the deck. Check out the deck for the hottest live bands, coolest drinks, mouth-watering menu items, and wildest times. Famous for its wildest times? cocktails and endless beer towers, grab your friends and come see why the deck... I guess it is pretty wild when they lock you up and don't give you any water. Store. The new spa and salon. Full range of massage, facial, body, and beauty. Facial? This mm. 12,000... Spawn Salon Facility has expert staff that will guide you in customizing your experience. I want to get a facial there. Floor to pamper your senses. 
I want to know who's going to give me the facial. Huh. Room service, Pamela, may I help you? Oh, uh, yeah, so this is Alvin Finkelstein. Um, uh, now, when I'm done with this call, if you don't mind, I would like you to put me back on hold because there was something about a facial I wanted to hear about. But uh, uh, putting that aside, um, I was just listening to it when you came on, but, but um, I might be interested. But putting that aside... Um, I have a client that uh, is going to want to come to the hotel. He's a high roller, and um, he has a rather odd request that when he checks into the hotel, he wants one live chicken, not one live chicken, he wants one raw chicken and one cooked chicken brought to his room within 60 minutes, no more than 60 minutes of when he checks in. And it's very important to him. The health department would not allow us to serve raw food. Well, what what if it's it's served as like a garnish? No, sir. We do not serve raw food. C- could you bring it as as something that's a non-food item, like like as a gift? Like say this is this is our gift to you, and here's sir. your food. Like is there is there a way we could work around this one? No. Um, because w- what happened here is um, m- my client, he's very superstitious, and uh, in 1988, he uh, he won a large sum of money. He won uh, $475,000. Sounds like a joke. Is this a prank? No, this is no prank. My 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 client in 1988 at, at Harvey's in Lake Tahoe won $475,000. Well, I tell you what I can do. I can give you to the front desk, sir. No, no, but they already to the manager there. No, but they already transferred me here. They said you. They, they told me you would make. Uh, she didn't have any patience. She had no patience. I wanted to tell her about his, my client in 1988 in Harvey's in Lake Tahoe. One front desk, please hold. Jeez. I don't see why these high-rolling Chinese players even stayed here. They don't treat you very well in this hotel. You know what? I'm, gl- I'm glad that they got ripped off for $1.5 million. Not really ripped off, but I'm you know, I'm, I'm glad they got beat. Today and spin to win up to they just have an attitude here. Every spin is a winner. Plus, enjoy the exclusive privileges this is no joke. while earning cash back. For more information, stop by the 24 Karat Club. That with your head not over it? Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLING. Right, I've heard enough here. Visit the chocolate box. We're going to call back and get the gambling, uh, get to a pit boss about this. We're going to get to the crux of the issue here. Forget these chickens. Forget these chickens. I'm not... I'm not messing with chickens anymore. Irene, how may I direct your call? Uh, yeah, so this is Alvin Finkelstein. I'd like to speak to a, a, a either a pit boss or a casino host, please. Okay. Um, so I know who to direct you with. What is this in reference to? In, in reference to Baccarat. Okay, hold on. I'll connect you to the ship manager. All right. It sounds like Phil Helmuth music. Bar 46 will be your favorite new bar. Complete with bar top video poker, Bar 46 is located in the center of it all. Surrounded by our 20-table luxury poker room, exciting slots, and fast-paced table games. Fast-paced table games, we don't shuffle the cards. Good evening, this is Michael. How can I help you? Oh, yeah, so this is Alvin Finkelstein. Am I speaking to a uh, casino host at the moment? No, you're speaking to the table game ship manager. All right, I suppose that's satisfactory for this phone call. Uh, I have a client uh, who is a, an Asian gentleman who would like to 
come in play here at this casino, but he, he's rather alarmed at uh, some of the press that he's been reading um, that indicates that some Asian gamblers... Well, then, then I suggest, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. I suggest that he contact uh, our marketing or legal department in the, in the daytime. I can't comment on anything in the press. Well, can, can you at least tell tell me what happened in your own words, what occurred? Nope. No, I can't. Um, okay, can you at least comment on whether my client would be able to get a raw chicken delivered to his room if he were to stay at the hotel? Because no one will tell me that. A what? My client, in addition to his concerns about the games, wants a raw chicken and a cooked chicken delivered to his hotel room within an hour of when he checks in, and they refuse to answer whether they can provide that or not. There seems to be a cover-up about this. I, 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 that I don't know. You're talking the wrong department. Well, the, yeah, I know, but the, the room service department uh, transferred me to the front desk. The front desk transferred me to the room service, and they kept transferring me back and I, forth. I, I, I kind of felt like I, I was a ping-pong ball. I'm, I'm, I'm table games. That's all I know. Okay, but you understand I've been transferred back and forth like a, like a ping pong ball. I, 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 I can't understand. I understand. I wish I could answer your question, that question, but I can't. Did you ever I'm see? Kidding. Did you ever I, see uh, irreconcilable differences with Drew Barrymore, where she kept getting you know, shoved from one parent to the other? That's kind of how I felt during this phone call. No, I, I never saw the movie. And, and I, I kind of felt like I, I wanted to start drinking like Drew Barrymore did at age nine. That, that's that's how this phone call made me feel. So I just want someone at the hotel to tell me that my client can at least get a raw chicken. If it, if he can't be guaranteed a fair I Baccarat game, chicken. at least get a raw chicken. I can't tell you that because I don't know. Okay, here's a question maybe the, that's in your area of expertise. If he does successfully procure the raw chicken, would he be able to bring it to the table as long as it's in a, uh, a proper receptacle? Of course not. Against, of course not. It's against the law. Well, what what if it's what if it's in a a box that that's well sealed? Doesn't matter. It's against the law. So there's there's no way that chicken could be in his presence. What what if it's in a bag and nobody can see it? It's, it's kind of like I really don't have time for this conversation. You're getting a little silly now. No, it's not and silly. I, I wish I wish I didn't have to have this conversation. But unfortunately, this is my uh, yeah. this is my job. I have it's to call and ask you questions. This, and I'll, I'll tell you what you should do then is you contact casino administration during business hours. Thank you. All right. Well, they're they're in a bad mood over there for uh, <laughs> obvious reasons. And I think because it's in uh, the East Coast, and you know they're not known for their hospitality on the uh, Atlantic City, New York area. It's getting silly. I didn't find this to be silly. Well, the show's been on for almost four hours. I don't have any co-hosts. I'm sitting here alone, and I think we're done. I think I've done everything I set out to do tonight, and more. So, uh, I think we're finished. I think it's over. I gave everybody, everybody their prank calls. I covered all the issues of the day. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this program once again. Every Tuesday we're here, 7 o'clock Eastern, 7, Eastern, 7 o'clock Pacific, we are here. We're here for about three hours, four hours, five hours, whatever the hell it takes. Even when I say it's going to be a short show, it ends up being a long show. That's the way we go here. And I always finish these things and I say, what the hell did I do for four hours? Like, how did I just talk for four hours straight about these subjects? But somehow I did. And the fewer hosts there are, the more I have to talk. When there's three hosts, I can kind of rest for a little bit. When it's just me, I just got to talk, 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 talk. But we're done. And I thank everybody for sticking around. 
Congratulations to the free roll winners, whoever they are. PM me for your prize. Hockey guy, PM me for your prize for winning the Ken Scaler game. Next week, we will have another free roll for at least $50. And maybe some guests. I'll try to get some guests. That's one thing our show has been lacking. There's been guests. But we will get guests. And I will be here every Tuesday at the same time. Something you can count on in your life. There's very few things you can count on in your life, but I will be here every week. At least every week I can be, which is most weeks. Make sure to check out our forum if you haven't. PokerFraudAlert.com There's the kind of Freeform forum, which is uh, Flying Stupidity. There's the more serious scams, Scandals and Shadiness forum, and a few other forums, but check it out if you only listen to the radio show. Some interesting stuff goes on there, and a lot of times I expand on things I've discussed on the radio show. If you'd like to sponsor the show, please contact me, dadref at pokerfraudalert.com, and if you'd like to sell any ads for anyone else, I'll give you 30% commission. I don't care who the hell you are. Whatever ads you sell... I'll give you 30% back for the lifetime of the contract. That's what a sweet, generous guy I am. Thank you, everybody, for listening. It's just me this week saying shalom to you all. I will be back next week. I hope you are, too. Shalom.